know if we have to edit it after the fact. Oh, yeah, you're right. <sighs> Another fucking YouTube problem that I'm going to blame YouTube, on them. You fuckers. You ruined our microphones. <sighs> I believe you were saying something about Francis yeah. at the moment that. So, for the people that don't know, I, I, I do a character called Francis. What made me famous? That's how you <clears throat> discovered me, right? This is true. And I believe, honestly, I think it was a post on Gawker back in the day. Oh, yeah. Or it might have been Deadspin, something like that. But either way, I, I as, a, as a young and I played Magic the Gathering quite a bit. Super, super obsessed for and So, a, is the table flipped one? Is the table the one? flip. And I mean, it was just like, for me, as a person who at that moment believed that it was real, I was, I, I thought it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. Like, I remember it being. Yeah. One of those like early viral things where I'm literally like emailing it to people, like, yo, watch this. This dude is nuts. This is the funniest shit I ever seen. So that's, I think that's one of the things that really killed the character. Like, obviously, I don't look as weird and as gross, but um, on top of that, like, people know it's a joke now, but there's still plenty of people who, who don't know. And even if you know it's a joke, shit, I know Breaking Bad isn't real. I watch Breaking Bad. So. Exactly, yeah. But um, I talked to my YouTube rep, and he's just like, do you think you could do Francis without the swearing and without the anger? Mm. I'm like, could you do Breaking Bad without the meth and without the <laughs> violence? No, you can't. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Right. That is the entire character. But that's YouTube now because a robot can't tell the difference between satirical swearing and mm. real swearing. They can't tell the difference between satirical fighting and real fighting, right? It feels like they're getting a lot better at detecting the... Um the swearing as well because oh, I, yeah. I feel like now when i interview a, a or when i post a podcast that has a particularly extreme amount of swearing with some rappers or whatever that then it seems like they're getting those ones or if there's a little bit of weed smoking it'll maybe stay monetized but if it's bad like if there's mm -hmm. constant smoke in the camera somehow that is mm -hmm. is triggering whatever like bangladeshi employee that they have <laughs> reviewing my and, stuff and then the first if you now they say if you you swear in the first third of a video like that right. automatically gets monetized now yeah or i've so. heard that the first like 30 to 90 seconds right, are like yeah, crazy important yep D depressing world that we live in where you never would have been able to predict 10 years ago that we would be now living in a world in which youtube was so much more restrictive than like most tv stations or like anything else that you can imagine but the, but the world is 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 turning that way we're becoming a puritanical nation all over again we were founded by puritans i guess we're going to stay that way i don't know right yeah and i mean the really upsetting thing i think about it is just the fact that this is this is the way forward that like more and more censorship seems like it's going to be the norm I I don't know if you've like kept up with the gab thing, but that's been pretty depressing. I heard about that. I know that Sony has now started censoring games in the West. Have you heard about this? Like a lot of those little weird Japanese games where you can touch girls and stuff. And if you want to censor that, I guess that doesn't bother me because I never played those games. But Devil May Cry 5 got censored in the West. Right. And it wasn't censored on the Xbox. It wasn't censored on PC. It was censored on the PlayStation. Like, why? For us. For us, right? Like, That's insane. And, and so, somebody at Sony said, you know, they they want to stay with current trends, and also they don't want to get sued, right? right. They don't get sued for like accidentally exposing somebody's kid to like a, a titty or something. See. I'm going to be honest with you. I am okay with that. I'm okay with the idea that a kid might accidentally see a boob. Like, I feel like that is a, is a risk that I'm willing to take for yeah. free speech so, as a whole. Right, so I can play a video game with a titty in it. Right. Yeah. No. Especially because they're, they're rated, right? Like, they're rated M for A for adults only. I mean, those games exist. We have a rating system for a reason. You can set your PlayStation. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know that this exists. But I'm sure at some point they set it so the PlayStation accounts can 
age verify and only download certain games. There's got to be parental controls on your PlayStation. There's got to be parental controls on your Xbox. If there's not, they should put them there. But I bet they are already there. And do you, do you think, though, that that's an interesting thing to me. Do you think that the Internet is too free in a sense? Like, do you support the fact that there, you know, there's a lot of legislation that's been proposed, I believe, in the U.K. primarily, where it's like it's going to be much harder to look at pornography if you're not actually a registered adult. Like, it's absurd, right? I, I don't know. I grew up with my dad's magazines from underneath his couch. So I was looking at porn at an early age. And I probably didn't turn out that great, but I didn't turn out that fucked up either. Right. But, 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 okay, think about it from the perspective of... I think that, you know, it's worth re-examining some of the decisions that we've made as a society. Like, when you look back at the early days of, of internet porn, it was like anything went. And no, and everyone had the attitude of, we can't control this. There's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to control this, so let's just not even try to control it. But then right. let's look at the reality now, is that it's incredibly easy for young kids to get their hands on really, really over-the-top extreme porn and i do think it's worth having the conversation or the the at least pondering do we want to live in a world where everything is this open when one of the inevitable results is that you have little kids looking at pornography so uh, number one i'm i'm I'm, i don't have any kids myself you Mm -hmm. know so i i can't speak as a parent but i can say that i think parental control is where all of that should really begin and almost end right like if you are not watching what your kid is watching then you probably need to do a better job no offense Mm -hmm. right i know there's people out there working two jobs and there's people out there who don't have barely enough time to spend with their kids i understand that then don't buy them an ipad don't give Mm -hmm. them a phone and if you can't control what your kid's watching don't give them the devices they're still going to find it you know even if you legislate it even if you make it almost impossible to find as long as they're still in, still selling dirty magazines at a strip uh, at a corner somewhere they're still going to find it they're going to shoplift it they're going to that's what i did as a kid i wonder if we would see the 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 printed porn world make a comeback if the if the uh, ability to find porn on the internet becomes more and more difficult but then at the same time we all just assume we all have that assumption mm-hmm. that the the kids will not give up until they see the boobs they will find the boobs they will find a way they will get a vpn they I will hack n- their phone i would not have given up Exactly. Their biology is not going to be tamed. No. 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 This is not happening. And it's. It, it, and I'll be entirely honest with you. I saw nothing too crazy hardcore. I saw Hustler magazine and stuff growing up. I saw Penetration, and I remember reading um, uh, Hustler magazine when I had like uh, a section on like weird fetishes, and and amongst the fetishes, and I don't agree that this is a fetish, but it was in there. It was like. Um, uh, somebody getting transgender surgery, right? And like they, they explained the process of how they, they changed the penis into a vagina. And like I read that, that didn't mess me up. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I read another one about people who like to eat, like very not comparable to trans people here, but it's also in the same magazine. The, uh, Hustler was comparing them, not me, mm. but like people who would eat each other's shit and play right. with each other's crap, right? That was the first thing I saw on the internet. I remember a, f- a friend of mine pulled, That's one of the first things I saw. He pulled there, me yeah. over and he showed me poopsex.com and it was a girl eating a turd. And like all of a sudden, my 12 year old brain just became. Like, you know, because when you go from like prior to that, the only like porn I had maybe seen was just, you know, regular sex in a magazine. My question is, if that's one of the first things you saw on the Internet, are you into scat now? Did that affect you in like a way that you like want to eat people's poop or something? No, but I mean, I definitely do think that I, I felt it 
affecting me as a young person. Right. Like I felt the fact that I had just seen something that I was never going to be able to unsee. And mm -hmm. it, it was really more of the fact that I saw it when I hadn't been prepared for it. Like I had not had like any sort of like life experience that would have set me up for that. I can imagine that if I had seen that at 16 instead of 12, that it would have been very different if I had already become much more familiar with like basic sexual stuff. But I mean, it just blew my mind to a million pieces. And when I think back to that, I still have a feeling that there is an extent to which I feel like maybe we have sort of failed kids in the sense that they're able to get their hands on the stuff so easily but I also admit that there probably isn't a solution for it no matter what we try to come up with right and and I I don't even know really how much harm it would do if your average 14 year old came across Pornhub mm. I don't think it's the most damaging thing in the world because mm. I saw porn DVDs when I was a kid I saw porn tapes as a kid and sexually I'm a really boring person I'm about mm. as vanilla as it comes I want a girl to consensually do stuff to me while I consensually <laughs> do stuff to her right. and none of it's weird it's all penises and vaginas and just normal sex that's it it's the only thing that appeals to me there's an extent I think to which we assume that kids are going to be fucked up mentally by the things that happen in their in their world you know that mm -hmm. that maybe is not 100 percent true and i know this is a strange comparison to make but there's a rapper rico reckless who came in here one time and he had his eight-year-old with him and he's smoking blunts right in front of the kid like it's just no big deal to him it's nothing and oh, he yeah. does this all the time and to me it seems insane because to my my like i don't have kids but i was a three and a five-year-old nephew that i have that live like 45 minutes away see him all the time I love them. I'm obsessed with them. My parent, uh, my my sister and her husband, they won't really let me. Uh, they don't really want anyone swearing around them. They don't like some saying a word like kill or gun around them, you oh, know. Yeah, wow. But then at the same time, like I'm watching this friend of mine and he's smoking blunts in front of his eight-year-old and the kid seems fine and i'm just thinking like maybe that effect is not as strong as i think it is in my head if you smoke a blunt in front of a little kid that's like fucked up but then watching him do it 20 like within an hour or two of doing this interview i'm like all right you know i guess it doesn't seem that crazy i had um a, a friend who was a parent right and when i was over for a pool for a pool party their kid fell down and they the kid didn't cry the kid just fell down, and then the, the mom went over and swooped her up. And she's like, you're a, let's have some fun. Let's just change the topic, right? Mm. And later on, I asked her about that. I was like, your kid is tough. And she goes, no, 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 no. My kid, the first time she fell down, she cried, right? Because I panicked. I freaked out. Mm. And so that affected my kid because she thinks something's wrong. But I read in a parenting book that I shouldn't freak out. I should act like it's perfectly normal to take a fall because then it becomes perfectly normal. Right. And so what I'm getting at here is I wonder how much of it is our overreaction to what kids are seeing that fucks up a kid, right? Definitely. You know? Yeah, I had that experience one time. I see my nephew. He was running in the mall. He runs right into this trash can. Boom! Bangs his head on it super hard. And he falls down. And he wasn't crying. But I saw him, like, nervously look up at his mom as if to say, like, should I be crying? Like, like, because mm -hmm. her reaction, the look in her eyes was, like, are you okay? Like, it, it seemed like in that moment that he could have potentially had a concussion. Right, it's very right. easy to forget that little kids can, like, go through whatever and they just survive it. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know. Uh, the human experience is really weird. And I feel like we are too guarded and I feel like we're too, you know, I don't mean, don't get me wrong. When we talk about pure freedom of speech, there's people out there who really abuse that and mm. do some really terrible shit. Less than six weeks ago on the Capitol steps of my home state of Little Rock, we had white supremacists counter protesting a, a, a thing on uh, shouting seven million more in reference to the Holocaust, man. Okay. I mean, like, there's people out there who abuse free speech. There's people out there who abuse their freedoms, but, like, isn't that the price of freedom? Like, 
you know, now we can shout those fuckers down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck those guys. Let's get up there and let's counter-process the counter-process. Let's put them, you know... But then on the contrary, sh- now we have, like, today, a shitload of different conservative voices, including Louis Farrakhan, for some reason. We're all banned from Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, nobody on the list of people that they banned is as extreme as the people that you're describing. They're uh, marching and, and chanting oh, yeah, about how they want more dead Jews. You know, Milo Yiannopoulos, the worst thing he ever says, not as bad as that. And right. meanwhile, they're banned from from all these social networking platforms. Can you justify that in your head? No, I like when Alex Jones got banned from like YouTube, I, I kind of said, I got it. And mm. I made a video saying I got it because he was like openly harassing, like, um, you know, the, the parents of Sandy Hook and stuff. And like, that's what they said they banned them for. And if that's why they banned them. No one should be allowed to name and harass the parents of Sandy Hook. They're not public figures, man. They're mm-hmm. living private lives. Leave them alone. If they become public figures, maybe. But even then, I, I hate that we rip public figures a new asshole and say they just deserve it because they're in the public eye. That sucks, right? Mm-hmm. But whatever. But once they really started banning every conservative voice and it became a movement, that's mm-hmm. scary. That's really scary because... I don't think conservatives are innately evil. Some choose to be evil, obviously, right? But I think there's a lot of good because I come from Southwest Virginia. I'm sure you grew up around a lot of that, right? I grew up around a lot. A lot of my family and my friends back home voted for Trump. Mm. And they're not voting for Trump because of his immigration policies. They're not voting for Trump because he grabbed them by the pussy. They're voting for Trump because he said, we'll open the coal mines again. We'll give you guys jobs again. Mm. And they're going to vote for him a second time in the hopes that he'll be able to do it. And they truly believe the Democrats are not letting him go back to coal. You know, because they don't really understand. They don't, and that's what Trump is telling them. Mm. They're not bad people. They're just conservatives. I don't think you're innately evil for being a conservative. I don't think you need your voice squelched just because you're a conservative. Mm. I, I don't like Trump any more than anybody else. I'm not a Trump fan. I don't. I don't think he's a great person. I don't even think he's that good of a president. I just, I don't, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Trump can definitely suck it, but at the yeah. same time, I definitely just don't. I don't agree with the idea that what any one of those people has said on social media has earns them a lifetime ban. I think that that right there is what's going to get these fucking social media companies like uh, get government intervention and step in because it is so overwhelmingly fucked up and unfair. It's like, I understand the idea of like, okay, if YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and everything had, if there was some sort of court where they were able to say like, okay, you get two years suspension from Twitter. That to me is way more fair. Right. Well, like we're at a point where, the president of the United States is tweeting all the time. Mm. And, you know, that's part of tr- congressional record now. That's going into the Library of Congress. Every tweet he's ever tweeted, he's not allowed to delete tweets anymore. It would be mm. illegal for him to delete a tweet because it's technically communication by the president. And we're at a point where Twitter is so important. And it's fascinating that people can get that taken away from them. And mm. don't get me wrong. I advocate if you have Twitter at home, stop using it. It's bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad experience. And I don't think you should have to put that on yourself. Have you had but to a limit lot your usage a lot? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I actually uh, recently just went on a huge banning spree because I got tired of like hearing the same asshole saying the same stuff. And I was like, I don't want to give him that little badge of honor Mm. of like, oh, I got blocked by the cook or whatever. But I'm just like sick of it. I'm just sick that what I don't understand about any of it. I don't understand why people use Twitter to tear other people down Mm. because you can use Twitter to build yourself up. Look at what I've done. I'm a morbidly obese, 45 year old piece of crap. And I built a business out of my home that's worth a million dollars. If I 
can do that. I don't understand why you can't do that. If you got YouTube on your phone, if you got Twitter on your phone, you can build a business like I did. And instead, you spend your time tearing other people down. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Don't waste that energy tearing me down. Use that energy to build yourself up, build your friends up. Yeah. And you have the tools at your disposal, and you use it for that stupid shit. I don't get it. But, I really don't. Okay, but say you were unsuccessful. Say your YouTube channel didn't have 4.5 million subscribers. Right. Say you weren't earning a living from YouTube. Do you think that it would be more likely that you would be on the angry, resentful side of the fence? Because well, you're, you know, you... If you, I'm being entirely honest, I was there at mm-hmm. one point. When, I, when the internet was brand new, right... I would play um, this mud out of uh, Texas A&M, and, and I would, when the web was brand new, and I discovered um, forums and all this stuff, yeah, I was angry. And mm. I would post on the earliest days of 4chan, and I would, I would go to Christian message boards because I was jealous of people who still had the religion mm. because I wanted to have that. I wanted that comfort. I missed the comfort of believing in God. Mm. And I would post like anti-Christian messages on these Christian forums and I would post like pictures of Tub Girl. Don't Google that if you ain't seen it. <laughs> no, and Google would, it. It's yeah. fire. Yeah, Tub and, Girl. And I would like, I would, you know, I was an angry, angry, hurt person. But even in my angriest and even in my hurt, I never tried to ruin a career. Mm. When I, even in my angriest, even in my worst, I didn't try to destroy somebody's life. I didn't swat somebody. I didn't. I don't understand that. That's, oh, that's the part insane, that yeah. I don't get. Like you know, because here's the thing. Like I've got swatted ten times in the last two years now. Where the cops actually came into your yeah, home. The cops or, come into my house wow. and do the like. Oh, they mostly do like suicide checks for me because you know I've t- made videos talking about being suicidal, right? Right. And they'll always tell the cop he's got a gun, so you need to be careful because he's got a gun. And that means the cop is going to show up with his gun drawn, ready to go, ready to go mm. right? So I answer the door to a cop with a loaded gun, and I get it. It's no big loss if I get shot because I'm dead. I can't lose myself. I'm gone. I'm in hell or heaven or in probably the abyss, right? I don't lose anything, but that cop has to live the rest of his life mm. as the guy who shot a YouTuber, right? And goes famous for it. And we, we've seen this recently with that one kid who got who got sentenced to 20 years or some shit like that because he called in a swatting exactly, attack and the right. cop ended up killing the dude. Exactly, right? And I do believe Good, some of, by I, the way. I do believe some of the people that have called have been like genuinely concerned because I said something on stream oh, or something really? like that, right? But I, I, but most of the time, I think it's just these same shitheads over and over again. And so it's now finally gotten to the point where the cops just call me and they're really? like, hey, Boogie, are you feeling today okay, okay today? And I'm like, I'm getting on a plane in an hour. Right. You know? I'm so thankful that I live in a place that has enough crime that they're not just going to automatically show up if someone right. were to call that in. They show up with the ambulance. Right. They show up with uh, two or three paramedics. They show up with a fire truck with two or three fire and two police units in, in northwest Arkansas. And it's such a huge waste it's of resources. It's a huge waste of resources, taxpayer money. They're not doing much in northwest Arkansas because we're a really safe community, man. Mm. We got like 1.5 million people in northwest Arkansas. But like somebody gets shot and it's it's news, right? Nobody gets shot, nobody gets hurt, nobody gets beat up. There's no crime. Mm. There's no there's hardly any homeless people, and they're all being taken care of. The ones that are there, it's, it's like, a great area. You like living out in the, in the middle of nowhere, per se? Well, yeah. Well, it, so when you think of Arkansas, whatever you think Bill of, like, like two cousins, Only thing that comes to mind. Okay. Well, you might think of like two cousins fucking each other while their dog licks their buttholes in the front yard of their like farm. That's that happening well. somewhere in Arkansas, <laughs> right? right? 
But the area I live in is in northwest Arkansas, and it's like super progressive. So mm. if somebody shops at Walmart, that money comes home to me, and we got all the money in the world in northwest Arkansas. I bought my dream home for a quarter million dollars, and I've owned it for four years, and it's now worth three hundred ten thousand. That's how fast the area is appreciating, wow. and, you know. And that Waltons spend their money there, and they build museums and amphitheaters and all kinds of cool shit. And like, I'm a fat guy, and I like food. And there's so many restaurants. Like, you can't. I, it's insane how many restaurants there are. And we we have the high end stuff. We got the five star stuff. So is that a problem for you as a guy who's trying to get in shape consistently? It, it is, and it isn't because when you eat at a five star restaurant, you eat very reasonable portions. And mm. so I will tend to treat myself at nice restaurants because I'll get a reasonable amount of food mm. but if you go cheap and you eat at Chili's Chili's brings you like 3,000 calories worth of shit right. I don't care because it's all cheap garbage right Ugh. that's why you get a fat and full I cannot fuck with so, Chili's at this yeah. point in my life it's, I, I'm still struggling with my eating disorder quite a bit but but to say Northwest Arkansas though I moved there 25 years ago, and I believed when I moved there, I'd moved to the nicest place in the world. And now that I've been to LA and New York over and over and over again, and I've been to Orlando and I've been to Tennessee and I've been, I haven't been to Seattle and Portland, but I've been to Boulder, Colorado. I know I live in the nicest area. Really? It's like perfect for me because it's got the mountains and there's no tornadoes and the weather is amazing. And we don't get any snow. And we never get any winter. And there's all the money in the world. And I don't lock my doors. And I'm a YouTuber for God's mm. sakes. And I still don't feel the need to lock my doors, right? Wow. And and it's just a beautiful area. And it's really diverse. And um, like I, I own two gaming stores. And so what's crazy about this? I, I told the told the story earlier today on the East Street podcast. Um, we live two hours away from Harrison, Arkansas. Do you know who lives in Harrison, Arkansas? Mm, David the, Duke, Duke or something? No, the Grand Wizard, the Ku Klux right, Klan. Okay. I don't know what his actual name is, right? But he preaches there every Sunday his hatred and bigoted shit. Wow. So my trans friend wanted to found a, a gaming store in Northwest Arkansas, and we called it Gear Gaming. And, and originally, when they founded the place, they couldn't afford it, so I bought a ton of magic cards off of them so they could afford <laughs> to get the bathrooms done and stuff. And then recent, and we built that store and registered it as an LGBTQ plus safe zone. And if you roll your eyes when you hear safe zone, right? We're a safe zone for everybody. It's not just LGBTQ. We're a gaming store. You're going to come in. And you're going to play games. You're going to have fun. But if you are a um, LGBTQ person and you're struggling, you're getting harassed. Somebody's fucking with you outside of the store. We have an advocate there all the time, 24 hours a day. If you need somebody to talk to about problems. They'll talk to you. And we'll talk to you about straight white problems, too. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But we were registered as an LBGTQ plus safe zone. We're going to call Olivia, and Olivia's going to talk to you and help you out, right? Wow. And so they came to me and said, we want to open a second store. And we're going to open this one an hour and a half away from Harrison. Uh-huh. And so I, I put I wrote a check for fifteen grand and we open another store. And if I have my way, we're going to open one an hour away from Harrison. And then I'll build one in downtown fucking Harrison until they burn it down. And when they do, I'll rebuild it. Because right. fuck those fucking. People, do you think right? that that would really happen? That they would burn it down? They're they're that. They opposed? got they got mad at us once, and they've said stuff about us once, and they like talked about protesting, and they never protest. That's, that's the only thing that's ever happened. Right. So I don't know if and that was when like we built the. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh-huh. So they, for the most part, here's something. I've discovered, and this is one of the reasons I get so mad about how we fight po- politically these days. Right. I, for the most part, when you leave bigots alone, they tend to just sit in their shitty little town of Harrison and rot till they die. Right. And they don't really like affect shit. But the more we poke that hornet's nest, the more they show up in Little Rock and chant awful shit. Mm. And so I always just have always been of the mind of let the bigots be bigots. And if they, until when they harm somebody, you kill them, right? You, if you, you hurt a person of color, you hurt LBGT, you kill them. Like, that's what you do. Or call the cops. Right. Call, or, or, or just go ahead and kill them. I'm okay. You, you didn't do that yourself. 
No, that'd I'm be a, a good I'm blog. A, I'm a wimp, but <laughs> but I'm saying like once right. you start once you start actually you know hurting people, then mm. you have to be hurt. That's right. how it rules, right? But if you're not hurting people, you're just sitting there being a bigot in your shitty little town mm-hmm. and shitty little Arkansas, and you preach shitty little hate to a bunch of shitty little people. Let them be shitty, right? Yeah. You know? So, so you have like a consistent base of people. So wait, the, the AG, LGBT support center, that's its own business, but is it a nonprofit? No, it's definitely for profit. And that's the thing. Like it's a gaming store. So when okay, we say for profit, store. it means we are nothing like we, we break even. Right. But we, but the intention is to make money. So a lot of people will say, well, you're not really doing anything good. You're just trying to make money. If you want to make money, you don't invest in a gaming store. Wait, and when you, you say gaming, you mean else. like primarily like Magic uh, the Gathering, Pokemon. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, right. uh, board games, uh, Warhammer, all that stuff. Right. And what's that community like in your area? If, if in our area, like when I go to Texas and play, it's all like weird looking straight like men, straight like white men like me, right? Right. But um, when you come to Northwest Arkansas, we have a really young and diverse crowd. So we have a lot more women than you would expect. And we have a lot more uh, people in the LBGT community or LGBT community. And we have a really cool, diverse crowd. It's really surprising. How did you get into magic? Where did that come from? Because I, I was hugely into it. As like, why a, did you quit? That's my question. Right. I know. What well, puberty probably was like the main thing. I started right. riding BMX bikes and trying to fuck girls, and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden, magic just See, didn't seem like a fit. That's in something. There. I, that's something I always tell Wizards of the Coast. Like when they're trying to target like women as their demographic, or when they're trying to target like non-disenfranchised white men or whatever. I'm like, you're if if I if I could fuck models, right? I would not be playing magic. But that's why I spend my Fridays playing magic because I can't fuck models, right? I don't own a yacht. If I was a good-looking girl, I'm not going to spend my Friday night at a magic shop. I'm going to spend my Friday night with some sugar daddy taking me out to awesome places, right? Or like a good, handsome man who becomes my husband one day and have him take me out to great experiences. I'm not going to sit in a Friday night magic shop with a bunch of sweaty nerds, right? Do you think uh, the Wizards of the Coast are aiming for the the model demographic? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) They they are. No, you're joking. You're laughing. But they have really changed their demographics to where they are trying to get a much more diverse audience through the door. And they're successful at my store, so I don't know if they're successful the rest of the world, but they've really kind of like... I got a letter from somebody at Wizards of the Coast. I should not repeat this, and I'm going to. So uh-huh. I got a letter from somebody at Wizards of the Coast when they started their new Magic the Gathering Arena stream pro- streaming program, and I volunteered to give them my exposure, which I charge tens of thousands of dollars for, right. for free because I love your game. Right. Let me do it for free. And you know what they told me? They said, when so many people of color, when so many diverse people out there are wanting to play this game and we have limited resources, why would we give those resources to a straight white man who's sided with conservatives before? That's what That's Wizards of the Coast no, said? No, one person at Wizards of the Coast said Holy that. Holy shit. I don't know that he represents the entire company, but that one person said that. He said that there's a, a creator out there called The Quartering. Uh, big shout out to Jeremy. He, he does good content. I don't really like a lot of what he has to say, but he's a good YouTuber. He's very successful. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and because I sided with him one time on a topic, they're like, "We're done. We're done. Wow. We'll give it to somebody else." That's scary yeah. that they have this like liberal think tank mindset right. which, going on. Which there. like a lot of people ask me why I don't abandon the game. I love the game. Their politics doesn't really affect the game. The game is incredible. That like, right there, I'm gonna be honest with you. What you just said makes me there's a very small chance that I was ever gonna play Magic the Gathering again anyway. But that right. makes me like want to never support that company in any way because I feel like they're clearly like edging into the territory of being like unintentionally hateful towards it, the people they think it, that right. are their enemy. You know? Right. It's really scary. Well, again, I think that one person speaking for Wizards of the Coast did not speak for the company. I would probably be she had pink hair for sure, right? Well, it was a he actually. Oh, he not. probably yeah, had yeah. pink I, hair. I would I would name him here, but I want to get any more trouble with that company than does he have his now. pronouns in his bio 
No, he does not. Really? Believe it or not, yes, <laughs> though most of the people that work for Wizards of the Coast do. I, I am having a hard time wrapping around my head because they're Seattle. They're a Seattle-based company, right? right. I mean, you having uh, contributed so much to all these communities that it's far more than I've done to support the LGBT community by you opening these different game shops. Oh, but don't forget, according to the internet, I am uh, I am homophobic. I'm problematic. But don't do you forget. feel like people really believe that, or yes, do you feel like that's just kind of like a fun people, troll thing? There are people um, in the LGBT community who will never know me as anything but homophobic because they heard one thing about me, and that one thing is all they'll ever need to hear, and they'll never listen to anything else, right? Mm. And they'll and and their mind is so made up that right now when I tell them that I've been an ally, I've been a card carrying equal rights. Uh, campaign member since the the, the organization, organization was founded, right? When I tell them that, when I tell them that I go to the drag shows at the Dixon Street Theater, when I tell them that my friend, that I myself, I've, I've made out with a few guys in my lifetime, I've never gone all the way, but I, I, I found if I ever find the right guy, I'm open to the idea. When mm -hmm. I tell them myself, I'm a 1.5 on the Kinsey scale, they don't want to believe that. They would rather believe the narrative that I'm some hateful bigot. And I don't know why. I'm going to be honest with you, though. If man. I was in your position there, I would be probably not in the position to want to put any kind of effort into changing their opinions because people who are like we, that can eat my shit as well, my own. Well, like my too. therapist said, and I, I have a lot of problems with anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that about me. Um, and so it's, it makes me really anxious when those people believe lies about me. I, I want to try to reason with them. But like my therapist has said many times, you can't reason with unreasonable people. The people on Reddit who astroturf me, the people on forums on Twitter who attack me, these people... Are, they are unreasonable. They they are purposely obtuse, mm. and you can't you can't change delusion. If you if you've have ever known a schizophrenic, I've known one schizophrenic, and you can't tell him that voice ain't real because that voice is real to him. Mm -hmm. And and the narrative that I'm homophobic, that I'm problematic, that I'm a piece of shit is as real to them as the voices in a schizophrenic's head. How can I can change, how could I ever change it? Right. So you're right, fuck them. But I don't wish ill on anybody. I don't. I'm never gonna wish ill on anybody. I wish nothing but some sort of peace and love in this world, which is unobtainable, but, you right. know. So what led you to becoming a YouTuber in the first place? Like, what was the, the process there? Or what was it that you were trying to do when you were initially signed up? I always wanted to act. And I did, like, one-act play, and I did debate classes, and I did, like, uh, extemporaneous speaking. Um, and I wanted to be an actor, so I took college courses. And in the second semester of my acting classes, my, my professor pulls me aside and he goes, have you ever thought about radio? And I'm like, why radio? And he goes, well, you really don't have a leading man body. And I'm like, what about John Candy? What about like Chris Farley? What about these guys? They're big, because they're one in a billion. Right. A normal actor is one in a million. Those guys are one in a billion. Do you understand that? Mm. And you're not going to be that guy. I'm like, fuck you, right? Wow. But I gave up. I, I dropped out of his class, and I just gave up. I'm like, I'll never act. I'll never be on television. I'll never have my dream. I guess I'll just go eat myself to death and die. Wow. And so YouTube came along, and I was already publishing on the Internet the only way I could, which was doing, like, adult websites and doing, like, uh, search engine optimization and making, like, comedy bits and stuff. But and you had given up on the idea of and stuff you being able to be the star actor, of the show. Right? right. And then 2006 rolls around, and I upload my first YouTube video, and people think it's funny. And I'm like, oh, I might be able to entertain. And then eventually I created the very first Francis video and it didn't do anything. The second Francis video did and Ray William Johnson found it and he called me a genius and like I went holy fuck if this guy thinks I'm a genius and he's the number one on YouTube at the time mm. plus the exposure gave me like 10,000 subs when 10,000 subs really meant something yeah. right? And it was enough to light the fire and I'm like I could do this but originally the very first video I uploaded was all about how fat and ugly and weird I am right? 
I just wanted to serve as a bad example. And I hope maybe these days I serve as a good example, but at that time, I just wanted to say, look how fat and gross and ugly and fucked up I am, and look at my miserable life. Don't be me. Mm. Don't do what I did. Don't eat the way I did. Don't act the way I did. Don't make the choices I made. Look, laugh at me, poke fun at me. Just don't fuck up. Do you like think I that did. resonated with people that they liked the idea of someone who was calling attention to the ways that they were flawed? I do. And I think a lot of people related to me as well because they were in the same position in their lives. And it's really fun as a it's really funny because as I've dug my way out of that hole, I've lost a lot of those fans. Mm. They're like mad because um, I've, I've, I've made some progress, right? But that's okay because I, I hope that it inspires them to try to make progress too, right? Because that's the whole message I've ever had. Even though I, I told you guys I was going to lose weight for a decade and it took a decade before I lost a fucking pound mm. and I had to get gastric bypass surgery to do it, my message has always been you've got to keep trying. Do better than me. I suck. Do better than me. Mm. And it does resonate and it did resonate. And now that I'm making some improvements and Got the stupid teeth in. I love my teeth, actually. Both no, I think it looks great. And uh, to be honest, totally honest, I had never noticed that your teeth were fucked up. But then I started watching your later uploads, and I'm like, damn, his teeth look fucking good. And I went back, and I looked, and I'm like, They're damn, so your teeth bad. were gnarly so, as fuck. But, but I, I never noticed. But you, know? you learn to hide them, right? Like, mm. you try to... I, I was always able to hide the bottom row, and I tried to hide the top. And you notice in my thumbnails, I would smile like this, right? <laughs> or if I did open mouth, I would go like this. i go... So you couldn't see the back teeth. I would always, oh, like you cover my teeth and my lips. And when I smile on photos, you smile, closed lips. And right. I, you just learn how to, even when you're talking, you, you learn how to hide your teeth. And people treat you so different when you have you talk nice about this teeth, in that man. video, yeah. Yeah, it's real, like going to the... Uh, going through the, on the plane. Right, right? and yeah. like people are making eye contact. And, and at the event yesterday, I mean, obviously I'm boogie at these events. And everybody knows me as boogie. And everybody's super nice to me at these events, right? But on top of that people were still treating me even better than they normally do, right? right? And it's, it's weird. It's weird because I didn't think teeth are that important. But big shout-out to the people who did my teeth because um, they are giving away 12 surgeries to people who go to the website, and they gave mine away wow, really? in exchange for, like, one YouTube video. And I made the video, but I'm still proselytizing because I'm so happy with the process. Probably a shitload of money for that surgery it's normally, like, right? It's like $30,000, $40,000. It's like 11000 if you have Medicare, right? and it's like thirty or 40000 Otherwise, if you need, like, a sinus lift, it can be more expensive, but it's worth it. If you had the teeth I have, it's worth it. But if you go to the website, g4bygolpa.com, it's G, uh, letter G4, G-O-L-P-A.com, um, they, they're, doing, they're doing a giveaway and you make a video talking about your life, talking about how bad your teeth are and they're going to give one away every month. And so originally I was hesitant to get the new teeth mm. but when they told me that they would do that for my community, for my fans, they were going to probably do it anyway but then I could tell my fans about it and get that for those people and change their lives. I'm like, well, let's go through it. Let's see if it's worth recommending. If it is, I'll absolutely do it. Yeah, and so are they veneers or are they like, they're, they're fake they are, teeth, right? So they pulled everything mm -hmm. Because veneers go on your original teeth, right? They go over it, yeah. right. And so okay. they pulled everything. Because I only had 17 teeth left, and 14 were infected, dude. Wow. I was literally walking around with just a face full of infection. Were you in a ton of pain when you were all eating? All the time. I was in pain when I wasn't eating. I was in pain while I was sleeping. I was just all the time in pain. Ooh. And it was, what's even crazier, I've had back pain my whole life. 
it improved my back pain because my doctor said, look, you are constantly inflamed because you're constantly fighting infection. When we get that infection out of you, your back pain is going to improve. And he's damn right. Uh -huh. I can't believe it. I did five miles of walking at Universal on Tuesday the other day with hardly any pain. I'm in more pain from blisters on my feet than I am back pain. I couldn't believe it. I've heard that from other people over the years that they, they had some sort of, you know, I, I, I found out about a dude who's a pro BMX rider who claimed that he had like the worst back pain ever. And then he had some kind of surgery on his teeth. And mm -hmm. it turned out that there was something with the alignment or whatever. And yeah. that was the thing that was keeping him off his butt. I'm not surprised. Uh, teeth are so important. You don't realize it's uh -huh. such a because when, really, when you really think about it, when you think of yourself as you, right? You think of your hands, your arms, and your head, right? And then then your body. Is what are people unit, looking right? at? Boom! Right there. Right there in the face, right? And so, but yeah, people treat you really, really different. And it right. was a huge, huge difference. But the, the recovery was not perfect. Right. Um, I uh, went home and started working right immediately, right? And the way they do it, it's a 24-hour transformation. Because I went to my local dentist, and they said, we'll pull all the teeth on the right. Then we'll pull all the teeth on the left a week later. Then we'll pull all the teeth on the top a week later. And we'll pull all the teeth on the bottom a week later. Right. And then we'll finally feed you for dentures. And I'm like, that's six weeks of shit. I can't uh, afford six weeks off of YouTube. My career will be dead. Right. And she's like, well, that's just how it has to be done. But these guys did it in 24 hours, right? right. So I was eating a steak dinner. 24 hours after they pulled my teeth. And it felt comfortable. Teeth. And it felt comfortable, right? Wow. But what they did is they pulled every tooth, and then they drill um, screws into the skull, mm -hmm. and then s screws into the jawline, and they take one giant plate. And so it, even the gums are prosthetic here. Right. They're growing over my ex original gums. All of this is one giant bridge that screws into the screws in my, on my skull. Uh -huh. And so it is an implant. It's permanent. And it's got a hell of a maintenance routine. I have to do twice as much as I would have had to do when I had normal teeth. Really? I'm taking care of my normal teeth. So I have to water pick them every night. I got to brush them every night. I got to floss underneath them every night. And I got to use mouthwash a few times a day to keep everything out. Every time I have to eat, I have to now wash my mouth out to make sure I get all the debris out of the corners and stuff. And it's getting easier every day. Mm. But uh, one weekend, <laughs> I ended up springing a leak because I was talking too much. And I called my doctor and I'm like, dude, I'm bleeding. You know, should I be bleeding? And he goes, oh, that's never happened, Boogie. And I'm like, really? Because yeah, it's insanely rare. Talking so much yeah. that you're just bursting he, blood he's everywhere. Like, he's like, have you been eating a lot? I'm like, dude, I'm a fat guy. Yes. He goes, but have you been eating hard or difficult foods? I'm like, no. I've been eating soft stuff like you told me. He goes, okay. Have you been talking a lot? And I'm like, no, I barely talked at all. And he goes, how much did you talk today? I said, well, I did PKA. I did a four-hour podcast. Then I filmed a YouTube video, so I talked for an hour there. Then I streamed on my Twitch channel for like three hours. So I barely talked for eight hours today. And he's like, would you sit down and shut the fuck up, you idiot? Like, go just... They just wanted a couple days of you chilling out with the talking. Right, and that's, of course, fixed it, right? They right. healed. But, but I literally, the sutures on, that, the, uh, on the bottom left here, they just split because I was talking too much because my tongue is connected to my gums, and the more I moved my tongue, the more... It's, it's crazy how in tune people are with... Number one, the teeth thing. Did you mm -hmm. have people constantly suggesting that you might be on drugs because your teeth were fucked up? No, because obviously I, you you know, I don't think like you can be drugs, as yeah. fat as I can. Don't really seem drugs, like a right? meth head. I'll be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because uh, here's the thing. I, I, you may not know this about me, but uh, I can't handle weed. I wish it could. It makes me super paranoid and super nervous. I've never found the right strain, if the right strain exists. I've never been able to take anything hardcore. I do want to take DMT at one point because mm -hmm. I hear me it helps with, yeah. with PTSD. What are you doing later tonight? Um, <laughs> Let's and then, do it. <laughs> and then um, 
I don't drink because I come from a long line of alcoholics. I've tried mm. it a couple of times, but it also makes me anxious and paranoid and miserable. So I, I don't really have anything to take off the edge. I picked one vice though, and look what I did with that, man. I got mm. up to 600 fucking pounds off cheeseburgers. Do you have any idea how many cheeseburgers you have to eat in one sitting to get to 600 pounds? You have to go to McDonald's and go one, please. And like one what? And you're like one of each. Right. You have to really try to get to 600 pounds. Right? I hear that. No, I mean, cheeseburgers were always my vice because I've always kind of struggled my weight. Like, I'm, I'm in a pretty good place right now. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I was at one point, like, over 300 pounds. No, you I, weren't. I've yeah. never known that about you. No, or almost 300 pounds. I was, like, 290. This was only about 10 years ago. But you're, ago. like, six foot two, right? I'm 6'3". Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a pretty decent 300, like, because right. I was working out a lot at that time, too. I was lifting weights like crazy. Yeah. But I also just gotten pretty fucking fat. And hamburgers were always my vice. Hamburgers, pizza and just ice cream and candy in general, you know, it's always like, I just, you know, I'm the kind of person that I have to like pay. I have to really like consciously eat good because there's a big part of my brain that hates myself and right. wants to eat terribly. See, all the that's time. exactly me. Right. You're the, the hate yeah. yourself guy. And so like, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, all right. Um, because my PA started cooking because he's cooking for himself anyway. Right. So I'm like, Hey man, make us some uh, turkey bacon and egg whites right and mm. I'll, I'll get that and that'll be like 350 calories and i'll be like i've got a good day going right and then lunchtime will roll around and i'll be in the middle of work right so i'll just grab some fruit and like a banana and like part of an apple and just like get put a little peanut butter on it so there's another 500 calories i'm like i'm killing it today and then something stressful will happen at work and i'm like we're getting mexican mm. fuck it Chad, go get Mexican, <laughs> dude. That's I'm so fucking too, mad. Yeah. And I'll eat like two or three fucking burritos worth of, uh, you know, uh, wraps worth of shit. Right. And I put the rest in the fridge. And then maybe later that night I finish it off. And that's 15, 2,000 calories because mm. I'm an idiot. Right? But it's one of the very few coping mechanisms I have because I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't do anything else. Mm. I'm learning to get exercise. But you have to remember, in two years ago, I was in a wheelchair for everything I did, not just shows, not to, but even sometimes in my own house. I, mm. I was having trouble going from the bathroom to the bed sometimes, man. Mm. I'd have my wife carrying me around the house, my ex-wife. You're down say. what, like 200 pounds? 250 pounds for my biggest, 150 from surgery. Wow, 250 yeah. pounds, though, is insane. Like, you, like, compare right now to how you felt then. Oh, it's insane, right? This is crazy. And then, like, one of the craziest parts is I, I, I talked to my doctor recently, and he, he's going to do my skin removal. And I, at first, I didn't want to. So you got to get it all right. tightened up and everything? Well, so I've got actual breast tissue because I had estrogen in my bloodstream. So I have actual C-cup worth of tits up here plus a bunch of skin and fat. And then this lower belly, I showed it off on H3. I've showed it off on a YouTube video recently too. I have a meat apron is what I call it. It right. literally hangs almost down to my knees in front, right? Mm. It makes sex super awkward, but it makes walking and exercise super painful, super awkward. You right? ever run up behind somebody and just, just like <laughs> wrap it over their head? No, but I was talking about like um, when, when I find the right girl and I ha I'm real picky about who I'm going to take. You let her roommate. live inside your kangaroo I couch? Li <laughs> I literally would just like, if, if we're going to do doggy style, I got to take it and lift it up and lay it on her back. Right, and if I'm on top, I literally have to just smother her with it. I'm like, here's a sheet of meat. You right, know? dude. So, I will buy your private snap to see that. I would. I, I, I will start selling it, man. If that wouldn't you ruin my YouTube career, because I have no problem showing off my body, right. except also I do, because right. like it's so awkward to meet a, a a girl and have her be interested and have her throwing signs. And I've turned girls down who are clearly ready to go back to my place because. I don't want to show this person my body yet because mm. I'm so nervous. But my doctor says that I could expect to lose 30 pounds from the first surgery from the lower part here because it's so full of the skin, skin, right? Oh, my God. And then um, maybe another 10 or 15 from the top here because he, I think he's going to do the arms at the same time. Wow. So 
30, 40, 50 pounds of what I'm carrying right now theoretically could be cut off. Yeah. Right. It might be as little as 20 in the end. I don't know, but I, I'm trusting what he says. And when he says 30 pounds of skin, you're still motivated though. You like are determined to keep losing weight or how do you feel about the place that you're in right now? I'm happier right now physically than I've ever been healthier than I've been since 10th grade. Mm. And so I'm really happy about it, but it's one of those snowballing things where I walked five miles at Universal, and if you keep walking five miles a day when you're used to being sedentary, you're going to keep losing weight. And so mm. that's been my major goal. I, I'm, I'm eating shitty now, and I hate myself for it, and I can't seem to stop the same way I have never been able to. But my portion sizes are way better than they've ever been because of the, the gastric bypass surgery. If I eat too much, I get sick and throw it up, so I don't want to throw up, right? Mm. And so I, I limit myself at about a half portion of what you're probably going to eat most of the time because mm -hmm. otherwise I get ill. Um, but I just choose the wrong foods. But the plan now has been exercise. So I went through physical therapy about a year ago. And when I went to physical therapy for my back, he's like, look, we need to teach you how to do everything again. You need to learn to walk again. You're walking like a 600 pound guy. You're 380. Mm. You got to get your shit together. Right. And so we, we physical therapy made a huge difference. And I started walking down at the end of the block and then around the block and now two blocks and then three blocks and now five blocks. And now universal. You know, I think that I, I think I got reacquainted with you as a creator after me originally seeing the Francis meme mm -hmm. when Pokemon go came out. I love that. Show. Cause I was searching Pokemon go and just watching. I think I found out about a lot of YouTubers that way. Like, I don't think I had ever watched like nade shot before that. I know but he's then I, such a good Pokemon YouTuber too. He's yeah. so good. And yeah. it's weird too, because I'm actually, I'm going to be honest with you, as long as we're talking about addiction and quitting things, I am one week clean from Pokemon go right now. Really? And it feels pretty good because I, I do you understand the, the video game addiction right, world exactly, as much yeah. as me. I mean, there's been a long two and a half years that I've been playing this damn game. I, I um, I started playing, I gave it up after like it stopped trending. Right. Mm. And then I came back to it when I wanted to start walking again, I gave it as a reason to walk just up and down the street, then around the corner, then to the local Pokestop and, and take my dog the whole way. Um, and now I play it every time I travel. I only play when I travel. But the games that fuck me up, Magic the Gathering, Arena, Hearthstone, I will spend so much money on those games. I, mm. Every time Hearthstone comes up with an expansion, I spend 150 bucks. Magic the Gathering creates a new expansion, I spend 100 bucks, right? And then I'm buying physical cards, too. Like, that's my addiction, mm. and I'm so bad with it. I've been playing Magic for 25 years, man. Mm. My collection is worth... I don't want to tell you how much if I ever liquidate it, I'm never going to. So it's worth effectively zero dollars. But I got single cards that are worth two or three thousand dollars. I sold know? all my rares on eBay when I was in college. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> and I what think year? I, what year are you talking about? Ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. Do you have any power like time walks and time twisters and ancestral recalls or anything? Probably. I mean, I, 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 I remember at the time it was what the Moxes and then the, the right, Black right, Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Those were like the super in demand cards that I, I didn't have from that era. Okay, those were already good, like okay, highly good. revered right, by right. the time I started playing. Yeah, they were selling for like $20. Right. I, mean, I met a guy the other day and he's like, You like magic? I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, I, I'm a collector of power. And I'm like, What do you mean? And he goes, Well, let me show you a card. And the card he showed me was an Alpha Black Lotus rated 9.5. There's only a handful of 10.0 rating cards that have ever been found from 10 Alpha. 10.0 as in like the like, damage to the card, right? Right, right. Yeah. like the centering and shape and color. And, and the like, centering right, and shape, and all too. All of it's wow. so important, right? Wow. And so there's only like a handful of 10s that have ever been found. And he had a 9.5. And so we, I asked him how much he paid, and he wouldn't tell me. So I looked it up. And if he paid eighty to a hundred thousand dollars for that card, he got a good deal. 
That's how much that could go That's for. That's how much an Alpha 9.5 rated Black Lotus would go for. Yeah, it's, oh it's completely God. insane. And there's a market. There's people who want to spend 100 grand on right, that. Right, but there's it's a small market. But you need to remember there were only like a thousand of each Alpha rare ever printed. Right. So there's a very limited number of Lotuses that were ever printed. And then on top of that. Alpha, uh, alpha. Otherwise, you know, because there's, there's other lotuses, but the alpha lotus is about a thousand. And then, how many of those got damaged from play, right? Uh, how many of those got lost yeah, or exactly, burnt, yeah. right? And so, when you find a nine point five lotus, a ten point lotus, you found a unicorn, right? Man, if there was a ten point alpha black lotus that sold for two hundred thousand on eBay, and I guarantee you that car's worth about a hundred thousand. And you know who owns? Uh, I've heard that it's um, Steve. Oh, Wozniak, he owns, owns, it. owns that 10.0 Black Lotus. Wow. Yeah, I hear it's. I heard it was Steve Wozniak. I don't know. For I wonder sure. how much he's worth because I would assume that he's not worth that much, and that that might be a big part of his how much he's worth. I don't know. I there was a video that was trending recently showing off his magic collection. He wasn't in it, but somebody was showing off all the un, unopened boxes of Alpha and Beta and like Unlimited mm. and Legends and stuff that he had. Me, and you, Woz, and PewDiePie draft. We'll do that. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Dude, I went to a draft one time when I was in like, you know, seventh grade. And I just remember this horrific memory that I like left my deck on a table while I was like looking at some other cards I was thinking about buying. Right. And right. that, when I think about it, that was the only time I ever went to like a magic event. And if, things had gone smoother if I hadn't just left my deck on a fucking random table where somebody obviously stole it, then maybe I would have got more into it and maybe that would have became my life. Right, exactly. That's strange yep. to think about. I had a friend um, build like a deck we took to Memphis uh, for like a Grand Prix <laughs> and, and he had like four Bane Slayer Angels and four Lotus Cobras, like $20 card, 20 $20, $20, $20, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50
I don't know, but it was some fairly damning evidence. It sounds like. But he got his account banned. But he not he got he got kicked out of the Magic Pro League, and I don't think he's allowed to play anymore. Oh my god. Um, and so I'm, I agree with that one. Right? I had no idea I, that I the social agree. justice censorship wave right. had crashed onto Magic the Gathering well, think, as well. I think if you're accused and it's pretty provable that maybe you uh, um, hurt somebody, but then, harassment right? or like you you know it sounds like a sketchy line. There are gray areas, yeah. right? Or there are gray areas, and I'm not going to say that, but. But like they also banned, like the guy I mentioned earlier, the quartering because of his politics and stuff, uh, and 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 told him he's not allowed to play anymore, and that's weird. That's I have to really look weird. into this more because all of a sudden yeah. I'm like mega fascinated by this. What are your thoughts on PewDiePie? Do you have any kind of like reservations about um, supporting him or anything? So uh, he's clearly fucked up a few times. I've been making content for 12 years. I've never said the N word, and I don't plan to start. Mm. So that's a pretty stupid mistake, Felix, and I think he knows it. Mm. And I think the whole Fiverr thing, I think that was the dumbest. That would do. <laughs> I always tell all my comedian friends, and I know a lot of comedian friends. I was hanging out with uh, Nimmer just, just on Monday while I was here. Mm -hmm. And I t all of my comedian friends, um, the joke has to be worth it, right? Like right. Louis C.K. did the Parkland shooting joke, and that joke wasn't worth it. Right, right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have a point to your jokes, right? I don't see the joke for the point of the fiber joke, right? I don't think that joke was worth it. In retrospect, given the amount of scrutiny that he has taken since then, that really seems like yesteryear that he felt comfortable enough making a joke. Right. Like obviously, that. he would. He's definitely changed for the better. That's yeah. something I always advocate for. I think somebody like Felix, we don't have to have a Felix's over party. We don't have to have a PewDiePie's over. We don't have to destroy the guy. Let him learn from his mistakes and serve as an example of somebody who's gotten better. Mm. and learn from those mistakes because it incentivizes other people to learn from their mistakes. And I do not doubt for a second. You saw this PewDiePie uh, apology video for the about the, for the, the Christland shooter. Yeah, or, 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 just getting rid of the meme, the subscribe right, right, to PewDiePie right. meme. Yeah. And, and uh, like, th that's clearly a humbled guy. That's clearly a guy who feels awful, feels terrible. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, because I, I barely know Felix at all, but the 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 fact that the the Christchurch shooter mentioned his name ruined him for days if not weeks I can't mm. imagine I can't imagine the pain and I got a lot of flack for saying that on Twitter I'm like I I, I tweeted about the part about the shooting and like how awful it was and then I saw a tweet from Felix and I responded he's like I'm disgusted that this man uttered my name and I can't believe the shit as I responded I'm like I can't imagine the amount of pain you're in Felix we know that we love you you know and the internet lost their minds like how dare you support that nazi how dare you, you oh you're you're worried about the pain he's in what about the people i've addressed the people of new zealand of course i feel bad about the people of new zealand of course i feel bad about the people who lost their lives i'm not a fucking monster but can i also feel bad for a fellow youtuber right who's got wrapped up in this unwittingly unknowingly like, and by uh, someone you know? who clearly has sinister intentions because the person who said subscribe to pewdiepie or whatever it would be one thing if we were talking about some dumbass kid who really just thought it was funny to say subscribe to pewdiepie before he shot a bunch of people if you read that manifesto if you actually look at all the things that he was saying it's clear that he was trying to fuck over Candace Owens that he was trying to fuck over PewDiePie that he wanted right. to create this sort of reaction and this it's insane to see so many people buying into it it's so fascinating because he clearly from what little of the manifesto I've read he clearly wanted to further the divide that's right. what I think it's his words I want to further the Amazingly divide right? successful too and and people fell unwittingly or even willingly into it right because there's a lot of people out there and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get bullied for what I'm about to say, because when you talk about bullies, you get bullied. And I don't care anymore. I got new teeth. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> new teeth, new but, man. But seriously, there are people out there who 
willingly charged into that and bullied and and spread open the divide because they like to be the bad guy. They like to be the bully. They convince themselves, I'm the good guy. I'm mm. the good guy, right? I'm fighting those leftist idiots because they're leftist idiots. I'm fighting those right idiots because they're idiots, right? And I, it, all, all techniques are fair. All techniques are fine as long as my side wins, right? Mm. And they saw the Christchurch shooter say that shit, and they don't care. They right. don't care. They genuinely don't care because it's another excuse to be a vitriolic piece of shit, mm. and they love it. And they love it. They, oh, yeah. they love it. There's so being many garbage. like bad actors in our current political mm. landscape who that is what they get off on is being able to misrepresent what people's words are, and mm. that's the biggest thing that I that I notice, and that is the biggest determining factor when it comes to who I'm willing to listen to. Like I listen to a lot of Sam Harris as long as I'm going to expose who I fuck with in terms of podcasters and stuff like that. I'm a huge Sam Harris fan, and the reason why I fuck with Sam Harris and I feel so comfortable being one of his you know mega fans is because yeah. i feel like he confronts criticism openly and honestly and he's not trying to put words into the mouths of people who are his opponents and trying to present unfair opinions but people are constantly doing that to him they're constantly trying to present him as if he's this islamophobic monster and like completely trying to take everything that he says out of context and that is i do not respect that when it comes to politics i don't respect no. anybody who their jig is that they go around and they they try to put words in people's mouths that they didn't actually say and if that is how you are getting by in this world is your your rap is that you just love to paint people as saying things that they never really said or to take things out of context. I'm not a big Elon Omar, whatever the fuck her name is. I'm not a big fan of her, but the way that Trump and them have painted her as being this like extreme uh, like terrorist sympathizer, right, right. it's sickening. She, yeah, she didn't say the shit that they're representing her of as course, saying right. and it is horrific. And anybody who behaves in that way should be taken outside of the serious political and discussion. And it's so common in the YouTube community because mm. um, I follow a, a lot of YouTube are also getting hate and some of the same people that hate me hate other people like uh, I don't want to drop names because I don't want to draw any negative attention to people but there are, are definitely creators out there who I love who I know are genuinely good people but Reddit and, and 4chan they think they're monsters right and I get lumped into that too there's plenty of people out there who for example I just bought a Magic the Gathering store I just told you about that mm -hmm. right and so on, on stream one night I was talking about how Magic cards are tax write off for me right of course they're tax write off I, I've been building a Magic collection to sell at a Magic store idiots right and somebody on in chat's like hey so if i sell a magic card i have to report that to the income and i'm like no 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 if there's no paper trail you don't have to report the income don't worry about it right and so i go back to explaining that i have magic cards for tax write-off and so that goes viral as boogie tonight and it admits to tax fraud mm. dude i make so much money and i wrote off like a thousand dollars for the magic cards last year what are you talking about okay right. the I, I made i paid more in the taxes than most people earn in three years mm. uh, you know no offense I, I'm, I'm not that rich but i do okay yeah and i proudly pay my taxes because i know it goes to defend this country i know it goes to uh, social security i know it goes to to welfare i know it goes to uh people who are struggling medicare medicaid i want to put that money in those boxes because i was on disability once i needed medicare i needed medicaid and it helped me build my business so when i cut my check i ain't cheating no. i'm glad to, i'm glad to cut a nice big check because yeah. i'm fortunate and it's my job to cut that check i ain't amazon i ain't activision i ain't trying to pay zero mm. i'm trying to pay my fair share i'm trying to pay as little as possible but i'm also willing to pay my fair share i mean that doesn't bother me at all i mean i'm gonna be honest with you the amount of money that i pay in taxes this year i just i saw that amount leaving my bank account and i just i was like 
It was a weird, bittersweet thing. Like, I'm so happy that I've gotten to the point where I make this amount of money that this is what the government thinks that they deserve out of what I Right, make. exactly, right? You know, it's a bittersweet thing. Like, I'm glad I got here, and I'm also kind of horrified that this is you and I are probably in, we're You and I are probably in that Trump bracket, the one where he made it worse for everybody. Like, if you're, if you're near the top, you got breaks, and then the, the, those breaks are getting paid by for the, the upper middle class and the mm. lower upper class, right? And we're probably both right in that area and doing pretty good for ourselves, you know? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. But not uh, outlandishly good. Not 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 the hundred millions that would make it really yeah, beneficial. Right. Like I don't think I'm ever going to have like millions of dollars to my name. I, that's never going to happen. That dream is dead after I got divorced. Really? Yeah. You have I, to give her a percentage. Of, you have child she got support. Half. No, no child support. Oh, okay. Like that. My wife was actually pretty generous when we got divorced. She wanted what she was entitled to, and she was entitled to half in Arkansas, but she didn't really want much more, and she was like cool about it, honestly. You know, so she could she could definitely try to make a bid for the business and say, uh, I helped build that business. I was in every Francis video. She could have easily tried to do that, but she had no interest. She just wanted to leave me happy, but she wanted to make sure that the rest of her life was going to be taken care of, too. You know? Right. And I wanted the same thing. So it wasn't a big deal. It did, it's still a big financial hit. Right. Right. You know, to go from X numbers to half that, you know, that, I mean, well, yeah, that, that's all right there. Sounds like the kind but, of thing that could drive a man insane. Right. But that is also a woman who carried me through my gastric bypass surgery. And if mm-hmm. it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be alive right now so it was money well earned so you you don't feel any kind of resentment towards her Uh, yeah to some extent right like i i i I, when i got married i said till death do his part and i meant it and you know unfortunately she didn't and that's okay right you know and honestly i'm glad we got divorced now that we are so there's there's some resentment and i wish that we could have made it work and Mm. i really wanted to make it work but then there's the realization that we couldn't have made it work it just wasn't working we were not meant to be right right we were meant i think I don't really believe in God. I don't really believe in fate, but I think we were meant to be together for exactly as long as we were together. And, and she helped me and I helped her and, and we, we got what we got and we needed what we needed. And, and now we are where we are and it's, it's how it's supposed to be. Right. What is it about you that makes so many people want to troll you and talk shit about you and fuck with you from my years of following you? I've never really been able to understand what it is that would make people want to, you know, try to shit on you. You just have always seemed like a pretty nice guy and a guy who's very aware of his shortcomings. There's three things. I think the first of which is like someone once called me the Mr. Rogers of YouTube and I ain't that. Right. Right. Like I was in the adult industry for a while. I mean, I, you know, I used to, I, I've shot content before, like not, not me naked or anything like that, but I shot softcore stuff. Right. I did web design for like Raven Riley and, and a bunch of people in the nineties, right. Cyber erotica and those sites. So I'm nothing, I'm definitely not a clean person or anything like it. I'm just, I try to be nice, but I'm not all that nice all the time either. And people who've seen my YouTube videos, have seen my streams know that I've got an edge on me as well, uh. right? I, I am a hurt, broken person. I have PTSD. Sure, I get angry sometimes. Sure, I say outlandish stuff sometimes. So they, a lot of people just want to break down that Mr. Rogers, what they consider a facade. They think I'm not genuinely a nice person. And I'm not, to some extent, I'm... A broken person trying really hard to be nice. That's mm. more what I'm like. I try consciously all the time to do what I think is the right thing and to do the nice thing and to be a kind and good person. Mm-hmm. And I fail all the time because I, I suck. But I, I think that's the, one of the biggest things. I think the second thing is people look at me and they see a morbidly obese person and they see that I got the video games I want to play and I got the house I want to live in Mm. and I got the girl that I want to date and I got the friends and I got the dog and I got the career and they want that and they don't have it. And if they think very little of me and they think I'm beneath them and they don't have it, I don't deserve it. Mm. Right. 
that's a big thing. It's not really jealousy as much as it is. Well, maybe it is jealousy. I don't know. But that seems to be a, another really big part of it. And it's and, crazy how we've come so far as a society, but it still feels like everybody hates fucking people based on physical stuff. Like, like the hatred for fat people is still strong right. in people that still, I mean, I know this is a ridiculous example, but I've been watching a show out of Game of Thrones. I'm just thinking about the way people treat the dwarf. Right, Tyrion Lannister. And, and, and it, it, I mean, certainly would play out the exact same way. Like if you, if you knew someone was a dwarf and it was your friend and he's around a lot, then mm -hmm. you know people are going to be talking shit about it or like, of course. you know, like maybe in our world today, like the kind of people I know, they would probably be able to be nice about it and not be in, in their face about it. But people are still so constantly hung up on physical stuff. You remember what Tyrion says in, in the first episode, right the, he says never be ashamed of who you are wear it like armor and no one will be able to use it against you oh that's a good and one. i try to remember that all the time like i try to and, and we talk i talked about this with ethan today too is talking about being your authentic self to try to be the most authentic version of myself as i can and that's tough sometimes as a youtuber right um because you, you don't want to upset anybody you want anybody to give you their gotcha moment right mm. but i try to be unrelentingly myself and but that's a difficult thing to do because i'm very multi-sided because i'm broken because i'm hurt because i'm depressed because i'm sad because i i have all these mental health issues right i post-traumatic stresses or i dissociate it's it's a struggle right mm. and the person that i am when i'm dissociated is very different from the person i am when i'm conscious and so when i am consciously acting consciously thinking i'm always actively trying to be a good person mm. right i don't know I, I don't know should i just be a piece of shit 24 hours a day that seems to be what reddit would want of me right i mean it's mm -hmm. weird i feel like i maybe avoid a lot of shit because people can tell that i have pretty thick skin and that, that i'm not going to be terribly that affected was the, that was the third reason right the problem is i've always been so open about my anxiety so open about my depression they know i'm a target mm -hmm. right and i will respond on twitter i will respond on reddit when that tax evasion thing came out another example here's a story i love to tell my, the very first girl I ever dated, I met her at the age of 15. She was 14. Uh, I lost my virginity to her when I was like 16. She was 15. And we were best friends until she died two and a half years ago. Wow. And when we were growing up, we both had an edgy sense of humor because we both grew up in abusive homes. And so we loved to make jokes about death. We'd make jokes about all the dark shit. And her, one of her favorite catchphrases was, I hope you get cancer. I hope you get cancer too. I can't wait till you die of cancer. And the reason she said that was because she used to work hospice as a teenager. She would set with dying people and get paid like five bucks an hour to wait and see if they died. And that they didn't change the bedpans and help that shit. So that was one of her ways of trying to make ends meet. And she didn't have a choice in that job. Her, her um, foster mother made her do that job. You need to be bringing money in. You're 16. You're, you know. Anyway, so in college, she would make that joke. And one day she said, um, I hope you get double cancer. Well, what is double cancer? Like, that's funny, right? You've got a dark sense of humor. That's hilarious. What is double cancer? Because I hope you get a cancer so bad it gives you a second type of cancer. I hope you get, like, ass cancer and dick cancer or whatever. Mm. And so that was her catchphrase for years. Like, I hope you get a double cancer. I hope you get double cancer. So she got cancer. She got um, breast cancer because she was a very well-endowed woman, and she didn't. It, it went on for a while. She ended up getting a mastectomy, and she fought it for like three years. And she, remember, this is my best friend. Mm. I, and we talked on the phone every week, sometimes every day. And, and we'd, been, we'd known each other since we were three years old, and we dated from 15 to 22, you know? And, and, and I, she's probably one of the loves of my life. I loved her the way I love my ex-wife. Right. So she's dying and it's miserable. And I go to visit her a couple of times and it's heartbreaking, but she's got a dark sense of humor and I got a dark sense of humor. So we would tell jokes all the time, the worst jokes. And the final conversation I get to have with her um, is three days before she passed. 
and I'm at a party at my house and I sneak off to the bathroom and she calls and she's like, hey, am I dying alone here? I haven't heard from you in like five days. I'm like, I'm sorry, I just work and stuff. And, and she's like, I think this is going to be it. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I, I'm dying. And I'm like, I don't know what to say to that. And I, I said, you know, did I ever tell you I'm sorry that we didn't make it work? And I'm sorry for all the shit we did to each other. And I was, she says, yeah. She said, I ever tell you I was sorry? And she's like, yeah. And so we made our apologies and we made our ends meet. And I told her, I said, I'll always love you. I always have, you know. And she said, I love you too. And she goes, can you fucking believe I got double cancer? <laughs> because she got breast cancer and it gave her lung cancer. Wow. She, the treatment for the breast cancer gave her lung cancer. She literally died of the thing that she made fun of. And I said, yeah, I always told you. I laughed. I laughed so fucking hard because it broke the tension. It broke the moment. And I laughed so hard, and she was laughing. And I'm like, I told you when we were kids, you were going to get cancer because you said that shit all the time. She goes, well, you were right. Karma's a bitch, you know. And that was the last conversation we ever had. And then three nights later, I was in Hot Springs with my wife. And I get a phone call from her husband, and he's like, she passed tonight. And I, like, I sent her like a gift package, and it had one of these little koosh balls in it. If you remember those little rubber band balls. And we would shoplift those when we were in high school together because we had both broke, and we had no money, and it was a way for us to like have fun things. And... And so she passed holding that koosh ball. And I told this exact story. And when I got to the dark part, I laughed. I, told, I was talking to Andy Melanakis. I was talking to Greek God on a podcast. When I told the, the double cancer joke, I laughed. And the internet's like, look at this piece of shit dying at his ex-girlfriend's life, right? Oh so on Reddit, when I got accused of tax evasion, that story came up and I went in to explain it to him. And like, you're a fucking liar. You're making shit up. Like, they, they so desperately want you to be a liar. They desperately want you to be a monster. They desperately want you. But it was a huge mistake to even try to, once again, mm. reason with an unreasonable person. Yeah. Why do I have to prove that to him? I, I was Danny's friend for 30-some years. We were close to I know the truth. I don't give a shit what he thinks. And, and that that's how you seem to live your life, mm. and that's how I need to live mine. No, but I mean, it's totally understandable. Uh, my, my main thing with it is just that I think that it's more important in the long run for me to make offensive jokes and say offensive things because I think it's important for us to be able to still agree, feel comfortable right? doing agree, that. Right? And I'm willing to take a lot of flack, but I mean, shit, there's so much bad stuff that comes with it. I have, I have had to delete jokes off Twitter in the past, oh, the, yeah. in the course of the past year, because I was getting so much shit for it that it just becomes this thing where it's like, it doesn't really matter if, I think it's funny when my girlfriend is getting attacked on Twitter because she's dating me and I thought something was funny that right, other right. people now don't think is funny. Yeah. I, I grew up on Sam Kennison and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, the delirious set. You remember the delirious set where he drops the F word like over and over? I'm not saying fuck the other one, you know, mm. the LBGT one. And it's just like it's defensive and awful and terrible, right? Um, and I grew up on that sense of humor and I loved it because, uh, who is the, the comedian that got arrested all the time? I can't remember his name right now for saying swears on, on stage. Lenny Bruce, Lenny right, Bruce, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a hero worship of Lenny Bruce, right? Because he pushed the edges. He, he created free speech and comedy, right? And then you had George Carlin come in and George Carlin was so controversial when he was making his first HBO specials that they would run a 10 minute warning before the special that there was going to be swears in it. Right. Right. And like, it didn't matter because Carlin was fucking hysterical. Right. And I grew up on Carlin. I grew up on all these cynical assholes who make it Andrew Dice Clay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love that sense of humor, especially when it has a point. I always point to, um, 
I don't like the joke Roseanne Barr made. I didn't care for that. I didn't think it had a point. I didn't think it was interesting. But Same. right, I don't necessarily know she needed to be fired for, but whatever. That's their lives. It's their decision. Right. But Dave Chappelle, when he uses racism to provoke humor, it's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. Of course, he has the right to do that. He's a person of color, right? But when he, uh, the, the my favorite sketch, favorite comedy sketch of all time is a Dave Chappelle sketch from the first episode of the Chappelle Show, the black white supremacist sketch, mm. the one where there's a black guy who's blind right. and he hates other black people because he doesn't know he's black that's one of the most insane perspectives on race i've ever seen in my life right mm. and i'm obviously a white man and i'm very privileged for that regard i, I guess they tell me i am and i believe it right but ha having dated uh, several women of color including danny who was a woman of color and, and getting beat up in high school for dating a black girl and, and getting the shit beat out of me by bigots over and over again i feel like i at least can relate mm. you know and so I, I I don't know. I do like race sometimes when it's used properly in comedy. I love offensive humor when it's used properly in comedy. I don't think it's... Some people bully on the internet and say it's just a joke, and I don't think that counts. Mm. But when you have a point like Chappelle had, when you had a point like Richard Pryor had, or Sam Kennison, or even Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay, for stupid people, if you never got it, you were supposed to hate him for being a prick. Mm. That was the entire point. The, the whole character concept, was, yeah. You're supposed to fucking hate him. Right. right, You're not supposed to idolize him. Same as Rick and Morty. You're not supposed to idolize Rick. You're supposed to fucking mm. hate Rick. And that always gets lost in translation. I was reading this article about how people now, like when they, they showed The Office to all these like younger like kids, and that these kids just did not understand that the whole point of The Office is that, yes, we understand that Michael Scott is a dickhead, but that is the whole joke of the show, is that he's right. doing all these cringy, terrible things that nobody would right. actually do. And kids seem like separated from that. It's hard for them to understand the concept of like, this is funny because it's bad. Right, exactly, right. Yeah. Like he did the, you remember the, the he did the big fat suit guy and uh, they, <laughs> they, Michael Clunker Michael Clump yeah that's it yeah. it's so funny right and like I guess if I was thirty years younger I would have been horribly offended mm. right but again the, the, you, you're talking about a generation that's been raised to hate anything right like it, you can't you can't make a joke even if you're a person of color you're not supposed to make a joke about race mm. even if it has a point but because it's we're not even supposed to talk about it and anymore. i feel like that's how it plays out on twitter and stuff but i'm going to be honest with you i interview all these rappers and every time i interview one of the rappers and they come in with a big squad of their friends or whatever and everybody's joking around and people are making jokes about race and so people are saying like hey i'm black and you're white and this is funny like let's call attention to like the differences between us i feel yeah. like in the real world everybody is still laughing and having a good right. time talking that, about the differences between cultures and then on Twitter it's just impossible for right. that line and, that, and that's the reality yeah. right that's the reality like Reddit is not reality Twitter mm -hmm. is not reality Facebook is not reality and a lot of people for them for a lot of people it is a reality a lot of people live in a small town like the one I came from Facebook is about as real as real life can get because mm -hmm. there's nothing else going on yeah. something's happening on Facebook nothing's happening here mm -hmm. right and, and so they I don't know you get warped and you get especially when you're living in San Francisco when you're living in Seattle right like right. that's the entire culture there like here in LA with a real diversity you got a tremendous amount of diversity and of course you guys are going to talk about that here at this table right mm. but I don't think you're gonna hear a lot of that in San Francisco because oh, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. one-sided argument in San Fran and the reality yeah. is is that there there's no fucking black people that these people have to deal with on any kind of basis they're just mm -hmm. they're not around people mm -hmm. from other cultures in which so they live in this bubble in which all these white and Asian people are together like oh like we have to look out for the black people blah 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 but there's no black people involved in these fucking conversations 
accusations. It's right. insane. Right. Well, like oh, I, I don't want to spoil anything for a movie that came out recently, but a movie came out recently, and one of the more fit characters from that franchise happened to be morbidly obese, and they made some jokes about the morbidly obese character, right? And and there were a lot of fat shaming, quote fat shaming jokes in in the thing. I, none of that's actual fat shaming. You want to see fat shaming? Check my Twitter timeline at some <laughs> point, right? But none of what they did in that movie was fat shaming, and a lot of people are like offended for me. Like, you can't do that. It's offensive, right? right? I've seen skinny reporters saying, you can't say that. You can't do that. Bullshit. I felt represented in that mm. movie. I liked seeing one of my favorite characters in one of my favorite franchises being big and fat. And even though there was the joke, I related to it because the reason he got big and fat was post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Okay? And that's why I fucking got fat. So I love being represented on the screen. I love they went there. I love that they made that. And I don't mind the jokes. Okay? Right. Because, I mean, almost all stereotypes are based on some element of reality. And if you then deny the ability to write a character that right. in any way complies with a stereotype, then you're basically forcing a situation in which every character that you depict is going to have to be removed from the reality of what most people assume that person's existence would right, be like. Right. And we're at a point now where Jerry Seinfeld, you couldn't get more clean cut than Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. Jerry Seinfeld doesn't want to perform on college campuses anymore. That's the point we're at. Right. He, he tells other comedians don't perform on college campuses. That's mm. a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem. Like I remember I had a weird moment with it when I, it was just many, many years ago. It was five, six years ago. And I posted, uh, an article at the time, daily vlogging was not a thing really, as far as I knew. And there was this family blogger couple and they had posted a video where they announced that they had a baby coming. And then the next day they announced that they actually they had a miscarriage. Oh, yeah. And I remember there was like a, a Gawker article about it or some shit. And I posted it on Facebook and I said something more or less along. And this is, might've been 2012 or 13 or something. And I said something more along the lines of, this is why you don't fucking depict your life on YouTube every single day. Like I'm, Ironically, I now basically do that. But I mean, right, right, I, right. I was just like, you know, this is why you don't fucking do this. And my, a member of my family hit me up right away and was like super offended. They're like, I had a miscarriage a couple of months ago and, you, and you're over here making a joke about a miscarriage. Right. I'm like, I know tons of people who died from cancer. I still think we need to be able to make cancer jokes. I know mm -hmm. tons of people that have been, who have been killed by drugs and we still make drug jokes. I know tons of people who have been shot and we still carry guns around and we still make jokes right. about gunfights and all this shit. It's like you cannot live your life in, with the idea that like, oh, something traumatic happened to me one time, so therefore I don't want anybody to ever be right. able to find the humor in that thing. I made jokes about my own abusive childhood. I made jokes about uh, getting molested as a kid. I make jokes about all this stuff. I just don't do it publicly anymore because mm -hmm. you really can't. You know, I've said I made those I still make those jokes when I twitch stream twitch.tv slash boogie298. But when I, you know, sometimes I, I have that marked as mature, but I don't really put it on YouTube as much. But I, I, it's how I coped. And I will tell you a story. This is probably going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to tell you a story anyway. This is be the clip that everybody shares on Twitter and gets mad about. <laughs> you predict that, like, but more than anybody I've ever met in terms of just knowing that it's coming. Oh, I know, yeah. And I'm still going to say it. Like, I'm, I'm, I know I should edit myself, but yeah, I, I, I like don't, I'm not going to let myself be afraid, right? Mm. Like, let the hate fall. And if it ends my career, I die on my sword today, but I'm going to use my sword. You should be so lucky to lose your career over something said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you don't know, man, how I have some real dedicated people who are going to search through little, every little fucking thing I say and do. They're so desperate to kill me. So, but my grandmother had Alzheimer's disease, right? 
And it was tough because I never really got to know my grandmother. I only really got to know the disease. And here's the thing. If you've ever doubted that mental illness is a thing, go find somebody with the de- de- delusions. Like, go find somebody with Alzheimer's because you can see how the brain rots and you can see how it's affected the same way any other organ would. The same way your kidneys can go, uh, go uh, bad, the way your heart can go bad, your brain can go bad. And that was happening to my grandmother. And so... Her death was tragic. It couldn't have been more tragic. She lived uh, so long that her brain deteriorated to the point that her heart and lungs just would not beat anymore. They wouldn't do their rudimentary functions because her Alzheimer's developed so bad it ruined that part of her brain as well. Right. Um, So she was a trooper. She fought. She fought so hard. But there was one point where young me... Um, experienced something really wild. Me and my, my mom were down in um, Kingsport, Tennessee, which is about 75, 80 minutes away from where my grandfather lives. And my mom's like, I want to go visit mommy and daddy. So she calls uh, grand, my grandfather on the um, phone, uh, payphone and says, how's my mom doing today? Is she having a good day? Yeah, she's real clear. She's real bright. She's real animated. Now would be a really great time to come visit. Bring the kids. So we drive that 75-minute way or 80-minute way. And while that's happening, he gets her up out of bed, gets her dressed, gets her down into her underwear, okay? And then he starts to put her pearls on her, and she gets it into her head that he's choking her, he's going to kill her. Now, that was real common because apparently my grandparents were abused with each other at one point. I guess my grandfather abused my, my grandmother when they were younger. So when she reverted to you know the younger state and then started losing her more recent memories, apparently that was a real common thing. So uh, she went to the kitchen to get a knife to defend herself. And she went and got a butter knife because they already hit all the regular knives, right? But she found a butter knife and she's wielding the butter knife. Blah, blah, blah. We pull up to the house. And by the time we pull up to the house, she is out front, okay? Decided that that knife needs to be taken away and hidden. So she's grabbed all the other knives and she's burying them in the garden. And it's pissing rain, okay? She's covered in mud. Here's my 80-year-old grandmother burying butter knives in the garden, in her underwear. My grandfather standing on the front porch going, Out the May, get your ass in this house. You're going to catch your death at cold, you dumb bitch. <laughs> no, Carl, you're trying to kill me. I fucking hate you, Carl. Holy shit. And my 8- or 10-year-old brain sees this. And it made a decision. It decided that this was either the most traumatic fucking thing I'm ever going to experience and I'm going to need therapy forever, or this is funny. Right. So I found the humor in it. Yeah. That was well, a crucial junction right there. So I started laughing. And my mother turned around from the front seat and said, what the fuck are you laughing at? Uh. And I said, I immediately came up with the first joke that came to mind, 10-year-old me, eight, or however old I was. I said, maybe she's trying to grow buttercups. Because she's burying butter knives, right? <laughs> well, my mom punched me so hard I blacked out. Whoa. So, but that was pretty much where my sense of humor was formed. Right. Like, And it just was like that for the rest of my life. I laugh at the dark shit. I laugh at my own PTSD. I laugh at my own misery. I don't, I don't try to take, I don't try to laugh at somebody else's experiences, though. Uh-huh. Right? And I think that's a big difference. I ain't trying to make a joke of somebody else who suffered. I, but I, I don't mind joking my own suffering. The video I just released on YouTube, go watch it, by the way, was a roast myself challenge. And I just made fun of like every old photo of myself that I could. Right. And I think it's funny. I think self-deprecating humor is fine. In fact, it's important. I think it's good. I think it's every comedian 
has to start with themselves, right? If you don't, you can't, if you don't make fun of yourself, you can't make fun of nobody else. Yeah, you no, know? I totally agree with that. Do you feel like, so I feel like I've seen you on your channel sort of reconnect with your gamer reviewer commentator right. side, which right. I didn't see for many years being a subscriber. Is right. that like, that's, that's what I want to do now because I can't do Francis. And right. um, the, the other thing I've really enjoyed is the gaming stuff. So I want to, I want to get my audience into it, but it's hard because most of them are there for Francis. And then a that's lot what of them, you really feel like all the subscribers primarily care about that. Well, you got to keep in mind, I've got a 12 year old account. Yeah. So um, a lot of that 4.5 million subscribers are just dead in the water. They don't use a website anymore right. or some of them are actually dead at this point, you know? Yeah. So like I've only really got a user base of like a million maybe that really actually pay attention to anything. And out of that million, I think about a third are mostly there because they want to see Francis videos. Right. Really? And there's about a third that are there for the personal videos and about a third that care about the gaming. But I noticed and, you've been having a big spike in your content, primarily from the teeth. Thing. Yeah. The teeth thing really brought it's a lot weird of that That's something in. that people wanted to see. So bad. yeah, I, I think they, people want to see, me make progress there's people mm. out there who are hurt by that progress they're like i can't believe you're, you're not even the same person anymore and they mm. that's i hate hurting people it fucking drives me crazy i don't want anybody to feel like i'm not their friend anymore i don't want anybody to feel like because you got teeth changes. fixed yeah that's i you know i've heard it a lot since i lost some weight and then I'll, even more when i got my teeth fixed like i see tweets all the time i can't even relate to you anymore who are you you're Fuck. turning into some sort of soy boy you're turning into yeah. some sort of oh now you look pretty oh i, I definitely <laughs> don't look pretty man i don't look like this man I'm I'm never gonna look like that. I look like the Michelin man blew a tire. That's what I look like, Nick. I look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow man got burned on a campfire. That's what I fucking are these, look like. Are man. these borrowed from your new video? Oh uh, no, these are <laughs> no, <laughs> Those no, these, these I've written over the years, yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, like yeah, all that loose skin and shit is miserable. But, but I find that interesting that it's like you're now you you feel like you're following like your true what you really want to do by doing like your commentary on video I, games. What I really want to do. What I really want to do is I want to swear on YouTube again. What I really want to do is break some shit. I want to wreck some cars. I want to burn down a house. I want to be Francis, and I want to destroy shit. My YouTube rep is telling me that ain't a thing I can do. Right. And so if that's the thing I can't do, he said I can do it. I just have to change the formula. I can't swear, and I can't be angry, and I can't destroy things, which is the entire character, right? Yeah. So my friend McJuggernuggets, who you ever heard of the Psycho series on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's got an app called Storyfire. Go to storyfire.com and download it today. You can also get it off of uh, Android and, and iPhone. Oh, yeah, this is that thing you were talking yeah. about. And, yeah, yeah. Right, and so uh, he has basically contracted me out to start making exclusive content for Storyfire. And he doesn't even care what I put up there, but he prefers a narrative. He wants story-driven stuff. And so I just sat down and started scripting, and I've been scripting ever since. And I think we're going to start filming in June or July. Uh -huh. And it's it's this hybrid story where Boogie's a character as well as Francis is the character, right? And they are the same person because they've always been the same person, right? But now they're I'm schizoph schizophrenic to some extent, right? right? Like, and so I have multiple personalities disorder, not schizophrenic of a multiple personality disorder, which I, as far as I know, doesn't actually exist. I don't know if that's ever actually been diagnosed, but uh -huh. so that's the shtick. And so uh, we're going to have me working in my local gaming store that I just bought and we're just going to film during off hours and we're going to have a lot of extras come in and like flipping tables and destroying shit. Right. And like, it sucks because I would like to do that for YouTube, but I, I told, if I upload a Francis video and let's say that Francis video gets a hundred thousand views, I might get. 40 bucks, right. I might get 20 yeah. or I might get demonetized altogether. Right. Yeah. And, and when you need a budget to hire two actors, hire a cameraman and, and hire some stuff to break, you can't afford that. Mm. Right. Like you lose money. Right. Yeah. Um, That's how I feel every time I do one of these that is like, you know, it's just getting, I got get a million views before they get around to reviewing it and mm -hmm, monetizing mm -hmm. it. And it's like, do you not understand what you're doing to your creators when you make the revenue this inconsistent? 
They know exactly what they're doing. And, and if they don't, let me tell you what you're doing, YouTube. Number one, you're driving off your user base, not mm. just your creators, but your viewers. And that's so important. TikTok's a thing now. Mm. It's not monetized. You and I can't make videos on TikTok and get paid probably, but the, that's where the users are going. Because they are advertising on motherfuckers, okay? And also, it's a really good app. You can hate it all you want, because right. there's a lot of shitty people on that app, but it's also really fun. I follow a lot of people like uh, people with like, different mental disorders, different physical disorders, and, and there's, there's people, I've seen this guy up there with 100-some thousand subscribers, and he's like a Down syndrome, and I champion that guy. I watch everything he uploads. I love it. Whoa. I love checking in on him. There's this girl I know with like 50,000 subscribers on TikTok. She's got Tourette's, and she talks about her, her struggles with Tourette's. There's a, a bunch of heavy people that I follow on there. It's hard to be a heavy person on YouTube anymore. You're not getting anywhere, okay? But you get somewhere on TikTok. You don't think? You think that people won't subscribe? I think or it's fall hard. I think it's harder than it's ever been, right? Wow. And, and, and it's harder to make it on YouTube than ever. But if you aren't exactly the demographic YouTube is targeting, and I don't even want to put words to it because it's going to make me sound like a bigot, and I don't want to sound like a bigot, right? Mm. But it, there's definitely a very specific age demographic, race demographic, color demographic, whatever it is, whatever YouTube's magic formula is. They will help you if you fit that magic formula. And mm. if you don't, they're not going to help you. Right. And if you don't get help from YouTube these days, it's real hard to make it because you're going to have to find the help from somewhere else. Because I don't think that I don't think it's impossible to be self-made on YouTube anymore. I don't know really? if it's possible because uh, you, you, your videos won't go into the algorithm. Your mm. videos won't go into recommended no matter what. No, there's no discoverability. If you don't have an advertising budget, if you don't have a way to connections to get other people to come look at your shit, the, the algorithm will never put you in recommended. Mm. I know this mostly because I have a, a podcast I've been making. It's a gaming podcast complaining about gaming news. And I'm not taking any money from it. I did it to design it for my friends, uh, my friends, Ellis and Jacob, because I wanted to help build their careers because they're Twitch streamers now. And so I'm like, you, just, you guys take all the money and I'll just show up once a week and we'll just create a podcast and I'll use my name to help you build. But what we found is because that channel has so few subscribers, even if somebody clicks on one of our videos, chances are they still our other videos still will not show up and recommend it. Really? It's so hard to get into the recommended algorithm now because they're so afraid. Mm. You know, I don't know what the actual rules are, but that's what it seems like from my experimentation. The only people I see who like, cause I see smaller YouTubers breaking into the game fairly frequently, but it seems like they're always commentating on bigger videos. Right. And that's, and, and so you can use the keyword searches from other people, right? Mm. A lot of people have made, uh, a lot of people have made a name for themselves by taking the bullshit lies you see on me about on the internet mm. and just putting them all in one video right. and and there's a there's one girl who i have no hard feelings for at all whatsoever i watched her video and honestly i thought it was fair but she based it off a lot a lot of bullshit like saying i was abusive to my ex-wife i was never abusive to anybody i'm not right. abusive to my ex what are you talking about right but like my ex-wife that's why she left me because i was hitting her or some shit i don't know man like obviously never did that but i still harbor no ill will but that's her most viewed video at this point i think you know i i haven't per, 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 exactly check but it got like 150 175,000 views and i i think her normal videos get way less than that you know mm. so that is one way but she already has to be in the recommendation algorithm for that video to get recommended right, right. and god love her good luck with her career i want her to have a good career i want her to have good things i have no hard all the people that hate on me i want you to have good lives man I, i've got no problem with it you know yeah hate what you hate you, you can't help what you love and you can't help what you hate i do think hate is counterproductive mm. And I think that you should use that energy to build your own life instead. Right. But who am I to tell somebody how to spend their time? <laughs>
Yeah, it's weird times on, on YouTube. When I think about a lot of, like, like, when I first got into YouTube, my well, not when I first got in, when I first got in, it was doing BMX bike stuff. But then, like, pretty soon after, I felt like I started to find my lane on YouTube, unluckily, like, right before the, the demonetization wave initially hit. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make videos where I do all the shit that nobody else is going to do. I'm going to do a vlog where I do acid. Boom, 3 million views. I'm going to do yeah. a vlog where I have a threesome with my girlfriend's friend. Boom, Hell like yeah. 10 million views. And I was like, crushing it by just doing all this content that was fully monetized but it was also just me doing stuff that like i felt like nobody had ever done on youtube right, of course. and holy shit the platform has gone in a different direction i can still post that kind of stuff it's right. just you know i'm not going to make any money from it and they're going to do everything that they can to make it so that people aren't going to really see it every single time i interview a porn star and it hits like a million views and it has to crawl there because you know it'll do really good out, out the out the front until it gets demonetized after the first hundred thousand views or whatever and then it'll start crawling up but like people actually want to see that content so youtube will make it really hard for people to find right, but they'll right. still find their way to it what's well, really interesting um because obviously i know people youtube and i talk to people at youtube right because I'm, I'm an og creator so i have friends and connections right mm. and when you talk to them they, they it's impossible for me not to empathize with them because of the stuff they have had to fight like it's all the child pornography thing the and, recent one yeah. and like and then and then like isis and shit and like you know wall street journal posting about that like they're fighting some real demons right and i get it and the tools that they are using to suppress us also suppress them and it's maybe worth the sacrifice to keep isis and child pornography off the fucking website i'm, I'm i don't want those people on the website so if i have to make a little less money or a lot less money i get it but at the same time, there has to be a better balance, right? Because you're chasing off creators. You're chasing off interesting content. YouTube is starting to look like TV. Mm. And that's not a good thing because the whole point of YouTube is it wasn't t TV. Mm. I, I don't have cable. I haven't had cable in 15 years. I don't plan to get cable, okay? And I don't want YouTube to turn into cable. Mm. You know why? And if, I, if that's what happens, I'm just going to keep watching stupid TikTok shit. Because you, know? <laughs> you can have a conservative voice on TikTok. You can. Yeah, you can. I see conservative videos all, there all the time. And they get into the, the trending page and they show up and people like say all kinds of like shit that I don't agree with and I, offends me. But I it's never there. would have thought of that. I have not actually really spent time on TikTok. I've only been on Triller, which is basically the same thing, but it's like the black version. Right, right, right. Where people make chillos of like rap dance songs. I don't yeah. know if the well, functionality so, is any so different. So TikTok originally was music. And musically is almost exclusively lip syncing. Right. And TikTok does still have lip syncing, but most of what I see on there is either a trending lip sync song or original content, right? right. And it's a lot of original content. And so I, I, I'm bored shitless with the lip syncing. I don't care, yeah. right? What I'm interested in is sometimes the cosplay, sometimes the interesting people. There's one guy watching there who um, I forget the disease he has, he, he said it in a video. Um, but he's like, uh, he's uh, got a big knot on his head and he, he, he's in the constant pain because of it. And he's disabled because of the constant pain, but he's trying to live a, like a good life. And he lives in a small Southern town. And every time he eats lunch, he takes a video of his lunch. He's like, this is my lunch. This is my lunch. This is my lunch. I'm eating French fries and salmon. Goodbye. And like, <laughs> it just makes me feel so good to know this guy's getting a good lunch. It sounds like fine. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's like vertical vine. That's what I call See, it. See, I think that what my preconceived notions about musically were kind of stopping me from maybe diving in on TikTok. But I'm going to be honest with you. I got an email today from somebody from TikTok saying like, oh, we want to have a call discussing such and such. Maybe mm -hmm. we could work together, whatever. So now is probably the time that I should get interested get in TikTok. Pass on my number too. <laughs> Let them know I'll take go, some yeah. money, man.
I don't know what the fuck. Because I can they do Francis do on there. I've done some stupid Francis shit, like screaming at the audience or whatever. Right. There's some guy on here calling me fat. You know, like old school classic shit. You Dude, know? Did you bust it out for like a quick Twitter video ever sometimes? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, but uh, but again, then he. I almost wonder if he works now that I've lost so much weight and I've got like the teeth, especially the mm. the script that I have right now that I haven't filmed because I've been traveling so much is uh, and I need like a stand in and I need like a cameraman to film it. Um, so I need like my heavy set friend to come in and, and be the other person. But I want to film like a Francis versus Boogie fist fight over the teeth in which I literally black out some of my teeth, like the, the teeth stuff. And, mm. and so it looks like you know, Francis has knocked out Boogie's new teeth. Right. And right. Like, that's why I want to draw and, and lead into the story fire stuff, too. But again, it's so frustrating to do that for YouTube for 20 bucks. And I can upload a story fire, and make a couple hundred, you know, so yeah. I don't upload a story fire. But I want to. I, I want to go back to my roots on YouTube. I gotta but, check that platform out soon. Yeah, it, it's it's small right now and video is brand new, but um, it's it's interesting because he's designing it in a way that can make people rich because there's like a premium currency, right? Um, but you, and you can buy it, but you can also earn it by writing stories or filming videos and putting it on there, and then eventually they're gonna go public because it's based off of Ethereum, right? And so they're eventually gonna go public with that crypto. And when they go public with that crypto, they're going to pump it themselves with their own money, right? Mm. And so you're going to have, say, uh, 10,000 Blaze, right? And then it goes live, and then everybody pumps it, right? Because I'm going to buy some, you're going to buy some, we're all going to buy some. And when we all buy some that day, you, you bought it for 19 bucks for 20,000, and now that's 20,000 is worth 200, 500 bucks, right? Right. So it's it's an interesting because the people who are early platforming it are getting an opportunity to like make money, and I think that's really cool. That's dope. I'm actually really about to start uploading all my porn star interviews to Pornhub. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you aren't already. Yeah, you know, because I, you know, I heard like pretty good uh, rates being reported back from Johnny Sins, who obviously mm. is like actual talent and everything. Right. But like on his channel with all his videos, I'm a, I believe that he's probably getting like X percentage from videos that he's in in general. Right, possibly, right. I'm not sure exactly how they arrange it. Right. But I mean, and they were just saying that Pornhub's thinking about my Tumblr. Oh yeah, that could be a Tumblr. game changer. Yeah. Wait, what? What? The Pornhub's porn thinking about buying Tumblr, like for real. Oh, that because would be awesome. Tumblr is because there's so sale. much porn on Tumblr back right. in the day, right? And they lost the yeah. entire cultural currency yeah. of Tumblr over the course of the last year or two, or however long since they got rid of the porn and everything. But when you think about it, Pornhub might be the unlikely freedom of speech defender that we need in the right. social media war. I really think you're right. It's it's interesting because um, I know obviously you know a lot more people in porn, but. I've got a few fans who are porn stars, right? Some male, some female. And I've, I've hung out with a couple of them, met with a couple of them. I, I've, I know some sex workers as well and fans and stuff. And so I'll talk to them about their business because I'm fascinated by it. Mm. Right? I want to learn how you're making your money, what your business model is, if you could diversify, if there's anything I can do to help. So if a, if a female or male uh, actor, you know, Pornhub um, uh, original content person comes to me, I'm like, let's see what your CPM is. Let's see if you can diversify. Is merchant option? Could you? Mm. Is brand deals an option? What can we do here? And I'm surprised because every time I hear about the CPMs from Pornhub, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's like pretty two similar bucks, right? to YouTube. Ish. Do I depend? Two bucks, it something depends. Like I've heard like as much as five or six bucks for a CPM for. I've never seen product. that on YouTube. Yeah, and well, my, my average is about not per reel, but monetized whatever monetized for. I'll get like five bucks on a gameplay video, and on a Francis video, I'll get twenty cents. See, so. I, I average like two, three thousand off like a million views, but we're also talking about like an hour long interview. Right, yeah, of course. So right, I got right, like right. maybe five ads in there. Yeah, well, I off of a million at my best days, a million would come close to ten thousand dollars on my best days. Oh my days, god, right? dear lord! 
And, and but you know, we're talking about like my original fat guy dramatic splash falling into the pool, right? And that's right. got like twenty million views, so maybe it's earned twenty thousand dollars across the last ten years, you right? Know? And that's good money. Don't get me wrong; I'm not faulting it. But you know, it's funny because I, I know the Fine Brothers. You know, the guys who did React World and like had that big controversy. Yeah. But they went from television to YouTube, and they have publicly said that when we went from television to YouTube, we took a 90% cut mm. because the money on television is ludicrously better, mm. right? And, and YouTube is so under-monetized. And that's the thing that I wish YouTube would understand because they have the audience the same way television had the audience. And television determined what the rules were going to be, not the sponsors. Now, in the 60s and 70s, we watch Mad Men. It definitely swapped roles for a while, right? Mm -hmm. But for the biggest time, now especially, television says, hey, don't advertise in The Walking Dead or not, but we get the views, right? right? And you're going to advertise in The Walking Dead whether you object to uh, uh, Negan splitting heads open or not, right? Because you need, that's the best spot to put your money. YouTube needs to say, look, our offensive content is the best place to put your money. Yeah. They are so engaged. They are so interested. Adam is interviewing porn stars all the time. His audience is big. He delivers five videos, yeah. and the engagement is huge. You want this type of content. Right. YouTube should be MTV, not ABC. They should have embraced who they were. I totally exactly. agree. They could have been like, you know, Vice was never making the pitch of like, look how family-friendly our content was. They were saying, our content is the coolest, rawest shit, and you need to like get on board with this if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to be able to fuck with this audience and YouTube could have made the same play. Yeah. I'm sure there's all kinds of financial incentives that made right. them make the decision that they well, did make. But. Well, like I said, I, I live right next to Walmart home office. And when that first apocalypse happened, I won't say who at Walmart home office told me this, but he said, look, we don't give a shit about the moral stuff. We give a shit about coming back in six to eight months and getting a lower bid when we do. We want to pay less mm. for the same advertisement. So we're just going to pull for six months because we can afford to do it with Walmart. And then we'll come back. But we're just playing the pity card right now. Mm. We don't actually care. And I'm like, obviously. Right. Obviously. Like what everybody's doing. Nobody actually gives a shit. Because right. the same people, when the Christchurch shooter was blowing people up in New Zealand uh, and Fox News was covering it, they advertised the Nissan cars on, on then. They advertised to Walmart right there. Yeah. Come buy your fucking hemorrhoid pads at Walmart right now. And now back this guy murdering people. Oh, God. What a weird world we live in. At least Susan's helping Juice World get his subscribers up. I saw that clip, man. <laughs> I was like, what is happening, man? The funny part is that YouTube or her team like hit up Juice World's team. Like, can you please get that clip deleted? Like, they knew that that was the incendiary moment that was going to piss people off. Of course. And we did remove it, but it also made me think, well, oh, I'm going to remove this. I'm also going to send it to Keemstar. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> I got nothing but uh, I got nothing but love for Susan and at the end of the day thank God for the opportunity she's provided and and I get that she's running a very difficult ship to run I understand all of that mm. it's just some of the decisions that they have made have personally hurt my business and personally hurt my life and it sucks and it's hard not to take it personal even though it's not personal she's just trying to do the right thing and she knows she's trying to do the right thing the one thing I consider so indefensible is just the fact that I make my videos live and then they get demonetized five seconds later. That's it's like, so stupid. how deranged could you possibly be? I feel like I've been a hostage of some sick, deranged caretaker for a few years now that this oh, yeah. has been it's, a possibility. You as know? someone who spent a lifetime in abusive relationships, right. this is the most abusive relationship I've ever been in. I'd rather have my mom beat the shit out of me every day than if, deal with YouTube. If you're going to uh, cage and torture somebody, what is the main goal? The main 
goal is to make it so that they never know what the outcome is going to be of their behavior. So it shell shocks them. It forces them to not want to do anything. You want to make them so paranoid about existing that they won't do anything. That's kind of the the thing they've they've effectively done in a way. And it's it's heartbreaking. Like, because here's the thing. I am privileged in one way. Mm-hmm. Since I'm OG, I will never, my career, everybody's like, well, his career's gonna die, dead channel, dead channel. It's never gonna die, buddy. I'm always gonna be somewhat relevant. I, I can't imagine, this clip will not age well two years from now, right? But I think two years from now, I'll still be pushing through a couple million views. And mm-hmm. I think those couple million views are still gonna pay my fucking rent, okay? Yeah. So I'm going to be fine, right? I don't worry about me. What I worry about is small creators who are struggling, who are getting 10,000 views per video, or, or people who just quit their day jobs because they hit 150, 250,000 subs, and they think, and now I have a real shot, and then their views go down 30%, 70% for no good reason because of an algorithmic shift, mm. or, or, or their videos that they have been told work get demonetized. And yeah, if I'm being fair, I am worried about me too. I definitely would like to continue to live the lifestyle where I currently do, where I get to travel and do cool shit. Yeah. But, but those people, those people are, are determined whether or not they can have to give up on their dream all overall, right? right. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because I know some really talented creators who've been grinding forever and never made it. I know some that just made it and had the rug pulled out from under them in the last couple of years. Um, probably one of my favorites is a channel called Zombie Go Boom, and they film right there in Northwest Arkansas with me. And they take zombie heads made of plaster and plastic and shit and then they use weapons on those zombie heads sometimes they hit them with a crossbow sometimes they hit them with an axe sometimes a chainsaw whatever i smashed one in the back of the head with an xbox to see if i could crack the skull open right that's francis obviously you know? right. and 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 it was a great channel and they were making big money and they're getting big views and then the first apocalypse happened and they've never got remonetized literally they can't earn nothing and so they, they they're living off of brand deals but because the videos are suppressed now and because they lost a big core of their audience because youtube doesn't like to share or demonetize videos as much or videos that it thinks has because you know they use red blood now they're starting to use green blood they finally learned about that but if you don't know that the the youtube algorithm if you mortal kombat 11 it will demonetize monetize a Mortal Kombat 11 video when there's red blood, but if you have two characters, the one with blue and one with green blood, or both with green blood, it doesn't demonetize. This it. is a thing. That's an actual thing. Oh my god. That's something that's been reported from the Mortal Kombat. I just Kombat bought Le- Mortal Kombat 11, and I've been fucking around with it, and I was actually excited to make videos about it, so that's going to be a fun little yeah, test just, to run. Color change it. Literally color change it so the the the, the red changes like something to turn into something else, and it literally probably will not get demonetized. Oh my god. Because that's what, that's what they've trained the bots to look for is too much red. Right. One of my other one of my other favorite things is somebody wore a tan colored suit. They were wearing tan clothes and they thought they were naked. Right. So it got demonetized. Oh my god. This is wearing a tan shirt. And you know who really need to feel bad for is the sex workers and just women on YouTube in general because they're more often targeted and like I just and you see it on Instagram all the time where all the porn stars get their Instagrams deleted constantly. But I mean, it's particularly insane when it comes to just right. women on YouTube. Anything that they do getting demonetized it's like funny, crazy. When you, when you tweeted out that I was coming here, they were like, Boogie's neither a porn star or a rapper. And I'm kind of both because <laughs> I, I worked in the adult industry for almost a decade. You know, I, most of what I did in the last few years was outsourced, you know, was running a business and letting other people do it while I played EverQuest. But <laughs> in the beginning there, I was actually involved in that on set sometimes, you know, and then uh, I have a few rap songs and i'm not good at it but i like they're comedy rap songs they're funny right um but i've always had a soft spot for sex workers my whole life my mom prostituted herself out prostituted herself out for drugs for god's sakes wow how do i not try to learn to love somebody who who does that and then 
uh, I've had sex workers who've been very kind to me. I used to go to the strip clubs all the time, and then you know I would become friends with the strippers, and there's sometimes friends with benefits with these strippers. And I'm gonna take my kid. I'm hanging out with hookers all the time. I'm like, yeah. shit. They're gonna help them out. Yeah, I've had nothing in the world but like love for sex workers, and like I never understood the concept of quote slut shaming quote mm. because I always tell like when men do it, they're like mad at cosplay girls or e girls. I'm like, dude, at least you get to look. Mm. Right, like, what if that girl didn't even let you look? Like, at least you have some outlet, you fucking incel. Like, you. Well, that's you know, a positive outlook. Yeah. I, 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 and 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 God forbid, an actual slut, a girl who's actually loose that is in your high school, is in your school. You should be really nice to her because there's a slight chance she's gonna fuck your ugly, smelly ass. Okay, yeah. so that's the person. Now, I'm not saying porn stars are loose or anything. Far from it. Some of the girls I, I know who do porn are. Really, only to ever do it for work. I've known girls who are just like that. I, that's my job, so I don't do it in my personal life. I've known girls like that. Right. So I'm not necessarily saying porn stars are loose, but I'm saying when it comes to an actual slut who likes to have sex and likes to have sex with several men, you should be real nice to that person. Yeah. I would always hate that. I remember that there was these two hot ass girls in high school, and they went down to the BMX jumps one night, and I wasn't there, sadly, and sucked up like five, six dudes, like different BMX dudes. Hell and yeah. when I found out. I was so bummed. I felt like they just canceled Christmas because I just found out that a bunch of my homies all got sucked up by these two hot-ass girls. And then, you know, everybody in school started talking shit about them. And I, don't, I, I doubt that they engaged in that behavior anytime soon after that. Yeah, right. And I just was like, what a terrible waste of a resource that you exactly, had there. Exactly, right? No yeah. shit. Well, your life is pretty good now, so I think you're probably okay. You missed, you missed the, the one blowjob, but I think you're probably okay In now. the woods. And I was mad that I didn't get to get hit in the woods with my homies. I am... I will tell you right now, I, uh, after getting divorced, mm. I immediately got on every website I could to find as many girls as I could, right? And I was just nuts for it. And, and so I dated a few girls. And then a few girls got, it got real bad. I got blackmailed once. Somebody tried to blackmail me. Another girl made a hit piece video of me lying and shit. And, and, and it was, so it was really heartbreaking. And, wow. I, I, and I, my mistake was I was dating girls under the age of 30, which I don't think I should be doing mm. much of at my age anyway. Right. Uh, and so at one point I just decided I was done and it's been like eight months since I've like even tried to have sex with a girl. And I'm, I mean, I've had a few girls who were uh, who, like old friends and like, Hey, let's hook up. Okay. I've done that a couple of times, but I'm not pursuing anything new and I'm not even trying because I just don't want to have my heart broke. I don't, I'm not looking for anything emotional. Mm. Um, and what I was looking for then was just like somebody to take like Bruce Chris and then out to a museum and out to a show and then come back home. Right. With, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was looking for fuck buddies. Right? Ruth Chris, you know, that's like a hundred dollar meal girls. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Tune I'm, in. Well, that's all. That's all. That's nice in Northwest Arkansas. Right? Oh, that's the nicest right? restaurant in town. That's the nicest restaurant. We I mean, were, there's some <laughs> five star places, but it's the most expensive. Ruth Chris is nice, right? but we were just having that conversation the other day about how in a lot of towns in America, uh, the, the, the cheesecake factory is the nicest restaurant in town. I would kill myself. Really? You yeah. can handle it? No. Cause mm. I mean, like we are surprised to have really good sushi in Northwest Arkansas. And of course we have all the Southern conference, like the barbecue and stuff. Right. But we have a couple of places like New York style and, and uh, LA style and like some 4.5, five stars like Bordino's is pretty good. But the problem is since nobody can afford LA prices out there, you're eating LA style food, but for 25 bucks, 30 mm. bucks, right? Like an expensive meal in Northwest Arkansas is Roos Chris cause it is a hundred bucks. But you get a better meal at one of these five-star local eateries, and and they feel bad for charging you forty. Because now, don't get me wrong, there's some really expensive places in Bentonville, but when it comes to Fayetteville, which is the college town, mm. Bardino's, 
I walked in and I laughed at the prices because I'm used to LA prices. And I'm like, you, you right. want you want 35 bucks for what? <laughs> are you kidding? That's a 16 ounce Kobe. What is happening? People are always shocked when I'm in like other other places that are outside of LA, outside of big cities, and I am just happy as hell to pay for dinner. I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. look at that. Like and, and also in my brain, I'm trained, like if say I'm looking at the salad section of the menu. If that salad's not like 15 bucks in LA, I'm assuming it's trash. Right. Exactly. I, in my head, it's like if it reaches a certain level of money, then what well, they couldn't possibly be charging $20 for a shit salad. Right, right. So if it's $20, I'm feeling like, okay, it's probably a really good salad. I went to a vegetarian place with my friend Dan Bowl the other night mm-hmm. uh, called the Veggie Grill. You ever been there? Right off of, like, oh, here, yeah, close yeah. to you, right? I've seen it over your time a couple and times. I was like, holy fuck, this is actually really good. They had like a, a, a faux pork, a pulled pork, pork sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, cafeteria pulled pork sandwich like it, you really didn't taste like meat but mm. it tasted good enough to where i'd eat that three or four days a week and spare a life you're a ve- uh, like, you're a fan of the vegan food no not really and that's mm. what's so surprising because he's vegan and i'm like obviously he's he's buying so i'm just gonna i'm only let him buy whatever he wants right uh. and so he's like let's go to this vegan place i'm vegan all right i'll try it i don't have a problem with eat vegan food you know i just don't choose it for myself Same. you see here's the thing i went to 4-h camp when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and we were there for six weeks, and 4-H is the future farmers of America, right? Right. And so the first week of 4-H camp, they introduced us to a cow, and they're like, hey, here's a cow, meet the cow. And I'm like, neat. And like, you're all going to clean the cow and meet the cow, and you're going to learn his tricks and stuff. And I'm like, okay. And so we, uh, one time during the camp, we had to go there and like clean the shit and like pet the, the cow or whatever. And then on the fifth week, they're like, all right, everybody say goodbye to the cow. Where's she going? Slaughter, we're going to eat her. Uh-huh. And so they wanted to show you that this living thing becomes your meat. Right. And we want you to respect the meat because we're farmers and you're going to be a farmer and we want you to respect the meat. Yeah. And that kind of changed things a little bit because it didn't make me not want to eat meat, but it made me appreciate the sacrifice. Exactly. Because that yeah. was a smart animal, right? Mm. And they proved to us that they're killing you humanely and, and that things are, they, you know, they, they, they are scared going toward, towards the slaughterhouse, but then it's over. And since I'm a nihilist, at the end of the day, I know it's truly over. It's not like cow hell. Right. So once they're gone, they're gone. It's okay. And as long as they don't suffer that much while they're here, I, ain't, I don't have that much of a problem with it. No, yeah. So you, I, you I honor your hamburger, but don't not have the hamburger. That's right, all I right. see. And, and from time to time, I will choose... A vegetarian or fruit option for lunch or breakfast because it's just, it's, it's okay. Best I vegan so. food that I ever had. I'm gonna be honest. Next time you come to town, I'll take you to Travis Barker's restaurant down the street. Mm-hmm. That shit is good. It's pretty it. solid. I went to Katsuya or something like that, a sushi place right near my hotel, and oh my god, it was so good. Really? And here's the other thing. Fuck fish, because they, they are not smart animals. I, I don't give a shit if a fish suffers. I, one of the very first merit badges I got in Boy Scouts was uh, the fishing merit badge, because no one else wanted to clean the fish. And I was like, these things are barely alive, man. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Man, that's some good shit. Just, salmon, man? Yeah, that's a clean protein yeah, dish. It's good. I love salmon. It's one of my favorite meals, man. I'm a salmon fanatic. I'm like, hey, that's what I want for dinner now. Yeah. I'm going There you go. Fuck the vegan food. Hey, I got another interview after this, so unfortunately, Hell I have to yeah, wrap man. this up a little Thank bit you, early. Brother. But I really appreciate you coming through, and you're fucking crazy easy to talk to. We just crushed like two hours of this Did thing, we really? I believe. That yeah. means that I've been talking for like six hours today because I just did a podcast this morning. That's great. Oh, that is. Uh, that's always interesting when you sort of get like the, the when you get to go second in the gangbang. Mm-hmm. Like, right. H3 was you hitting like it, it first. You like it when it was sloppy? You like it sloppy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yours is out in the world first, so you really got first if you think about See, it, right? Because yours go, isn't yeah. out yet. It's going to be a little while. So. This is for the hardcore, for the yeah. diehards. So, out all there. the people out there listening, hey, listen, go download Storyfire. Check out g4bygolpa.com. And if you need to get your teeth fixed, they're giving away stuff. YouTube.com slash boogie298, uh, twitch.tv slash boogie298. And I love you very much. And if you take nothing else from anything I've said in this podcast, if something I've said in this podcast has upset you, here's what I want to tell you, okay? I mean it all very lovingly. Mm. I have nothing but good intentions. The only thing I want in this world is I want you and me and everyone else to get along. I want us to learn to love each other. I don't care if you're black or white, short or tall, skinny, fat, gay or straight. I don't care. A conservative or Republican, I think we need to learn to love each other again and we need to empathize together again. And that's my goal and that's my message and that's the only thing I give a shit about. Like, I don't give a fuck about the economy. I don't care about anything other than you and I learning to live in harmony and learning to love each other. That's my entire goal of everything I do. So There you go. Boogie2988, spitting real, real shit. I love you guys. <laughs> no Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Very, very big thanks to Boogie for coming through. Maybe we can do this Thank again. Thank you for having me, by the Maybe way. we'll Thank have a, so nice, much, a nice roster of new topics for next time. I feel like at certain points during this, and I embrace it, it turns into a YouTuber complaint session, but I hey, know, they I try, need to know uh, right, about right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> I try. I, here's the thing, because the reason I want to talk about it is to say that you might want to check out TikTok. It's pretty cool. And you might want to check out StoryFire because it's pretty cool. Right, there are right. alternatives out there. YouTube is not the only place. And when you start getting bored of YouTube because it's all Jimmy Fallon all the time, <laughs> you better find an alternative. Ain't that real? That Trevor Noah's, uh, how many subscribers has he got? Shit. Fucking Colbert. Oh, God. All right. Um, well, shout out to Susan Wojcikowski or whatever the fuck I love you, is. Susan. <laughs> I wish you'd invited me to the Creator Summit again. I really had fun last year. Bye. Oh, shit. It's like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, guys. Appreciate you. Shout out to everybody who watch this hey there you go that was great man